Room Plays. Whoa, what's that hotness? Well, Daniel, it's a new podcast from the Save Room, and it is about the games we're touching and the games that touch us. Sounds beautiful. It's Where can I find it? I want to find it right now. Right now? Yeah. Oh, buddy, boy, oh, you can either find it on SoundCloud.com slash The Save Room Show, or Spotify, or iTunes, or Stitcher, my friends. Hmm, I have all those apps. Actually, RSS feeds everywhere. We mm-hmm. should always say that, but mm-hmm. like, I can't think of a funny thing to say around RSS feeds, so I yeah. just go, I just ignore it. My bad, my fault, oopsie-daisies. <laughs> now, if people wanted to see us stream, on the other hand... Where could they find us, Daniel? They could find Kevin at an E3 bathroom over at twitch.tv slash the red herb. Come on, man. That's, that got me two weeks, dude. <laughs> Shit. Well, if you wanted to find Daniel, you could find him at twitch.tv slash dungeons and Daniels. Yeah, that's where they keep me caged when I want to show them the video games. They keep you David Cage. They keep me David Cage there. Gamers mm. can only be David Caged. <laughs> and they can also find us at Twitter. At Save Room Show. Mm-hmm. Hop in our menchies. Talk to us. Um, actually, we're starting this new thing, and it's just happened to us. It's a thread. It's a thread now. <laughs> it's brilliant. Where we were walking around the city, uh, getting our cars repaired, which, by the way, that fucking sucked, having to spend so much money on my car. Yeah. Did not expect to do that. So we're walking around in the rain, and I look down, <laughs> and there's a fucking Pokemon card. Just chilling chilling in the in the in in a puddle. In a gutter. In a gutter. In an Auburn gutter. In a gutter. It was a Rattata. Or a Rattata. And that's where they would be, right? Right, but it was just such a, such a sad thing. But I was like, "This is this is unique. It's beautiful. This yeah. is my fucking Banksy." If I take a picture, of this and is I did my Banksy. Yeah, and <laughs> today, however, yeah, today, uh-huh. a day later, we're walking to get some coffee. Twelve miles away from the first incident. It's always a we because yeah. it's like we're a couple. We're, we're usually we're, together. We're, we're walking to. That's <laughs> how people know us. Uh, we're a couple of friends. Thank you very much. We're and then couple... we hold, and then we hold hands on our way out of the Starbucks. <laughs> we hold fists. Like I just, I'm just. We're not gay face. if it's fists. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. no, that's that's wrong. What do you mean? It's especially gay if it's fists. Oh fuck, <laughs> fisting is gay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we walk into the parking. We walk into the parking lot, and there's I don't even know what type of Pokemon it is, but it's fucking. It's a Whalmer. It's a whale. I had to look it up because I've never heard of it before. Thank you. It's like doing, Gen Seven. Doing the research, yeah. dude, and <laughs> it's it's literally just underneath a car tire, like it's being run over, forgotten about. So we're starting a thread. We want to see the saddest Pokemon merchandise in real world places, just like in left a, abandoned, in garbage on fire, uh, a Pikachu and hat, whatever you have for mm-hmm. us. Start this thread. Send it to mm-hmm. at Save Room Show, please. I wasn't even thinking like that. That's brilliant. Holy shit. Yeah, man. I'm always, You're on another level with Saber. I'm always on another. So plays it, is so different. If you guys don't know, like, so we do the new show. That was always Saber and proper. Like, you know, the ones with the numbers. That that was kind of my thing where I'm like, I want them to have numbers. But now that's just the news thing. You know, when we get a little ambly, we talk too much about the games we were playing before we got. We to haven't the news. gotten ambly at all this episode. Not at all. This is just normal shit. <laughs> but like, we would spend time dawdling over the games we were playing, and it would take an hour to get to the news. No more. This is a show for games. Yeah, and the the other thing too is like, if you were listening, we typically did the news first, and then like our impressions or the topic mm-hmm. second. And so it's like, uh, you don't want to bury mm-hmm. that good, good gold. Of course you can. We look at each other at the end of every episode and say, "That was fucking brilliant." Yeah. And we high five. <laughs> we clench fists. <laughs> <laughs> Then we go to Starbucks and clench fists. Yes. Um, <laughs> what is the show? <laughs> Save room plays, dog. Yeah. And it's not playing around. We're not fucking around. <laughs> and so basically, basically, we we didn't want to bury that content, and so if we wanted to have disciplines for each. There's a new show, and then there's our impressions and reviews, and us just talking about games mm-hmm. and being goofy bitches. Yeah. 
So this is your time to shine if you didn't care about the serious, you know, dudes mm-hmm. farting on each other, yeah. right? Games, news stories. Instead, want to get to the heart of it, which mm-hmm. is just two boys on a fucking odyssey to find ourselves within video games. Mm-hmm. And that is what this podcast is. Looking every Switch cartridge along the way. It is very, like, earwaxy. Oh, don't. No, 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 and no. I don't will bring that back. never <laughs> forget the taste in my mouth. Huh. Now, sir. Can I take you on a journey before we kick this, this off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this? You have I'm a surprise I'm for me? I'm not going to do, like, a take you for a ride Capcom captain thing, but I'm going to take, take you, you on a, a different type of journey. Please do. Okay. You know how I like to get a little fun, do some segments on you. What, the ones we've done before, Pokemon or Japanese candy. That was a great one. Character or Greek philosophy. That was my favorite one. Was I, I think those are the only two that I've done. They are both my equally my favorites. <laughs> They're very good. I like the way we did the Pokemon one because that was during the live stream we did for Save Room Lives. We got very drunk on that one. Please don't <laughs> look at that. It actually might break terms of service if you review that, in, that, that video. Yep. But it, it was fun to see people kind of like guess along with you to see what you would anticipate and guess and you know sure. you you were wrong most of it but uh what do you mean it, it was a great live experiment kevin's not used to wrong no hmm. no you're in the silo of self-righteousness <laughs> i give my my righteousness it's not for myself only. yeah if you want to see that righteousness check out the kevin show on wednesdays oh it's a brand new show it's the most <laughs> educational show on twitch but please please indulge me okay. my friend so i have a segment here it's kind of like a mad libs sort of dealy and i'm gonna have you what? just Pick some things for me. You, you've done Mad Libs before, right? You've got yeah. the books where it's like, oh, pick an adjective, pick a noun, write your own story. Ooh, I don't know the difference between adjectives and nouns. You might need to help me along a little bit, but sure. I made it really simple. Okay. Okay. I could have put adverbs in there. I that didn't go to school. Really? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. He did not. Reveal. So I have to have you pick some words for me, and this is going to sound so, so bizarre out of context, but play. Play with me here. Okay. Number one, I need you to pick an adjective. Okay. Yeah. I need you to say the adjective, too. Oh! Yeah, I can't pick it out of your brain. I'm not fucking David Blaine. My top pick. Yeah. Um, smelly. Smelly. Oh, God. Okay, I need a noun. Just a noun? Yeah, give me a noun. That's a name, right? Of a thing? A or? noun is just like a person, place, or a thing. A person, place, wow, or a thing. this is really testing his... Hospital. <laughs> I need another noun. Oh, more, not, huh? Not unlike hospital, but maybe different. George Clooney. Not yet. Give me a, just a noun. Oh. That's a proper noun. Oh, yeah. oh I'm yeah, learning okay. on this yeah, show. Yeah. I didn't go to school. No. Um, <laughs> uh, how about, ooh, 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 museum. Museum. We yeah. got a bunch of these, so oh. you got to think fast. Proper noun, first name. So this is a name, like like George Clooney could be. Okay, proper noun, first name. <laughs> ooh, Emma Stone. First name. Just a first name. Uh, Stone. Okay. No, Emma. Okay. Emma. Uh, now I need a proper noun last name, so. Stone. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I need a color. Red. Okay. On brand. I know he was going to do that. I knew he was going to do that. Okay, another noun. <clears throat> um, gas station. Sure. Compound <laughs> word, but sure. What I- are other nouns? Whale? <laughs> <laughs> it's a person, place, or anything. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Let's walk backwards a second there. I keep on naming places like in a community. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you have a hospital. Shark. You have a museum. Yes. Are Oops. you pulling from like Use shark. Resident Evil lineage? <laughs> so, okay, shark. <laughs> yeah, shark. This is really interesting so far. Okay. Give me a verb. Ooh. I've, I've got a few more of these, so. Ooh. Yeah. Um, We're building a story. Pushes. 
Oh. Push. Push? Okay. Push. Depending on the context. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll change them based off the okay, context. Okay, okay, okay. Number nine. I need, I need another noun. Another noun? Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, so many nouns in this world. I know. It's all I could think of. <clears throat> Hose. Okay. <laughs> I need another noun. Cage? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, the old hose cage. <laughs> Wait, are those going together? I don't know. I, I, I haven't figured it out yet. I don't know what he's looking at. He's probably looking at this fucking Elon Musk app or something. Okay, I got five more things I need you to build in the story Jesus for me. Christ. I okay, know, go, I know. Uh, I need we gotta a go rapid fire. What, what do we got? A verb. A verb? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, got, uh, <laughs> <laughs> eat? <laughs> I need another noun. Remember, person, place, or thing. Nothing public. Nothing public? Yeah, no more hospitals or museums. <laughs> no more. Damn it, I ran out after yeah. that. I was going to say police station, but, you know. Mm-hmm. How about sits? Is that a verb? That's that's totally a verb. Yeah. Yeah. Did you say verb? No, I need a noun. Damn it. The okay. last one was a verb. If this were a test. <laughs> you'd be, you'd be, don't worry. You're, you're, I got one wrong. Okay. You're doing great. Hang on. This isn't win-lose. Uh, door. Door. Okay. Another noun. Oh, Jesus. Um. He hates it, but he's going to love it. I, uh, uh, bathtub. <laughs> Two more. Two more left here. Okay. Name a food. Oh, um, chicken. Chicken. Okay. And last but not least, one more noun. Oh, the nouns are the ones that get I know, man. but they, look around this room. There are nouns everywhere. Refrigerator. Okay. Wow. You don't have to be so pushy about it. <laughs> <laughs> what is this tapestry you are weaving? Okay. So, the year is 2022. We have mastered transferring. Hideo Kojima has come out with a new game. What is this? This is the new game by Hideo Kojima. Wait a second. Basically, what we've done here, we've written the back of the box of this new game. And it's going to describe Hideo Kojima's latest masterpiece. Like his next game? Yep. Yep. we've created we've hideo created. kojima's net yeah. what what did we do oh my god some of those were like oh my, i, I should have used whale i know that would have fit go what okay. is it <laughs> i don't think all of it's gonna work but let's go for it it's not working so far do it smelly hospital the new museum by hideo kojima <laughs> take control of emma stone as a cyber terrorist militia known as red shark Plots the push the hose. Use our arsenal to craft cages, master weapons, and utilize a brand new social time traveling mechanic called. Oh, we missed that one. Oops. Uh, uh, cat. Okay. Is it noun? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> called cats to eat the door and save humanity. Time and humanity hangs from a bathtub, and only chicken can save it. Oh. Think fast. Refrigerator is in your hand. <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> Are you proud of yourself? I am. I'm proud of that. Did you make that whole no, you can, thing? You can look at it. So I, I did what would have ah. read it on the back of a box of a Hideo Kojima game. Holy and I, ga- I gave you the words. I don't know if this is genius or sociopathy, but it was it was great either way. It was something. It was good. It was very creative element. We <laughs> yeah. got in there. We got in there. We got in. So, I mean, yeah, the, the, there could be... Wait, was cat the noun? Cat was the noun. Cat was the noun. It's called cat. So Diamond Dogs is in one of the games. Mm -hmm. There could be just cat. Mm -hmm. Probably like an acronym cat. Uh, Red Shark was actually the name of the cyber terrorist militia. So that sounds about right. Yeah, Yeah. dude. Cat versus shark. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. But the name of the game is what again? Uh, Smelly Hospital, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. 
Really yeah. fucked up that yeah. one, huh? So, Smelly hospital. Yeah. Well, can't wait for it. <laughs> Coming to Google Stadia. If, if, we, if we weren't going to get Silent Hills, we would get Smelly Hospital. Yeah. So that's how we're going <laughs> to open this shit up. Let's get into right, favorite dog. players, man. All right, doggy dog. So, my friend... Mm-hmm. What have you been playing, dude? You what go first. Have, what have I been playing? Well, we've been playing a lot of uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. How which, much did we pay for it, though, is the real question. Uh, I think like 12 bucks. It was like 12 bucks. Yeah, yeah that end of year PlayStation holiday mm-hmm. sale. Herman, I think it's still going. It's still. I think it's still going. Yeah. It, it's until April. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Herman Holst, he, he, the first thing he did was give back to the gamers. Mm-hmm. Okay, let it be known. Not only is he good for Europe and all of Europe loves him, mm-hmm. uh, he is good for the rest of the world. I believe it. Herman Holst. Holsh? Mm-hmm. Holsh? <laughs> you, you can never get it Hulk? right. Herman Hulk. Herman Hulk. <laughs> Strong as the brand. Strong as the console wars. Strong as the console wars. So yeah, Star Wars Battlefront 2, which we talked a little bit about on one of our previous shows. We talked Blue. about it on the Game of the Year one, where we're talking about games that changed over time. Gotcha. Yeah. So I thought that was a pretty good example of me just saying, hmm. Sometimes it's worth just waiting for a game. Yeah. I mean, when we wanted to get it at launch, I actually, like, it was a no-brainer for me. And then I heard all this shit about, like, microtransactions. Not the Randy Pitchford kind. They're, they're different. Don't worry. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Those are just small optional purchases, dude. What are you... Micro... Come on. Yeah. All right. So that, that was the whole debacle. It was around the time that uh, fucking EA also closed Visceral. So I was kind of pissed. I was pissed about the Star Wars... You're still pissed about Battlefront that. that came out with microtransactions. Mm-hmm. And I heard it was kind of whatever. The campaigns were kind of whatever. They tried to do a single player thing, but apparently it didn't work out. So yeah, we kind of stepped away from it. I think Destiny 2 filled that void for us um, when we needed a multiplayer game. But we waited. 12 bucks. It's got a dearth of content. Nice. Rise of the Skywalker dearth. just came out. Or rather, sorry. Rise of Skywalker. Walker. rise of sky there's only a skywalker that yeah. rises come yeah. on listen i don't know those you don't know nouns i don't know that <laughs> nouns are hard yeah they are nouns are hard but it's snake. great <laughs> red snake red snake um but we're having a lot of fun with it yes actually uh, it's a lot of fun it's a, it feels good to yeah. get in your hands and 60 smooth 60 frames a second yeah. on my tv and all that mm-hmm. like i'm just like damn this game looks fucking good graphics great i would say it <laughs> Ooh, is it is my shooter of this year like every fall i have a shooter it's usually a call of duty but this year, Battlefront 2 is doing it. I always assumed Overwatch would be your shooter for the rest of every year. Yeah, for, for eternity. Life. For life. Yeah. yeah. Blizzard's still on the hook for the last thing. That's true. Liberate so, Hong Kong, Revolution Liberate. of Ages. Here we go. Mm-hmm. You thought that stayed with the news? You're wrong, gamers. Yeah, it's actually, that's why I really like Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have fucking Grievous come out and go like, Liberate Hong Kong, and he's, <laughs> he's flipping around his lightsabers. I was like, God damn, I love the free updates <laughs> that they've used to support this game. <laughs> Wow. Um, I would say about this, Battlefront 1 was probably my favorite shooter of like ever before Overwatch came out. I think the game modes are a lot cooler in that. I think I like the maps more from the mm-hmm. original one. I feel like there's like, there are some good ones from here and they definitely revisit some. You go to new places like Naboo because you go across all the different trilogies, right? You play through the prequels, you play through the main stuff, new uh, sequels. So you get it all. It makes it feel like a really complete product too yeah. by but having every single trilogy in there. It's neat, but I just think Battlefront 1 did the levels a little better. Um, yeah, like their version of Hoth, it was a little, just not mm. as well laid out i noticed yeah I, I get that feeling about the other maps too i think there's a few cool ones like the course not corsican no i think it is naboo mm-hmm. whichever one is like you know you're playing as federation the, the, the yeah. robots and you know people that don't want to pay their taxes i'm not sure what the prequels were about necessarily but it's still there's some cool ones mm-hmm. that's it 
I would say the game's biggest problem is probably its menus, though. Like, the multiplayer modes, I don't understand what I'm looking at half the time, mm-hmm. where it's like, mm-hmm. if I go through a multiplayer, I should be able to pick from a grid of six different options or more and be like, cool, that's the mode I'm playing. That's Team Deathmatch. That's fucking Capture the Flag. This shit makes no sense. Like, the way they categorize even, like, Team Deathmatch or their modes. I'm like, what am I playing? <laughs> it's like they had somebody who designed Windows 10, like, come over, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, I have an idea. It's worked before. <laughs> And that's exactly what the layout looks like. It's yeah, it's super confusing. Also, does the Galaxy Conquest or whatever the fuck mode mm-hmm. need to be forty five minutes of my life every time I it's start it up? So long. Like it. Yeah, we end up playing Blast a bunch because it's like it's snappy. It's like yeah, hey, here's arcadey Blast, Blast, Blast. You know what it's gonna be kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool because you get like upgrades <laughs> um, in Battle Nuts where you can be like a fucking death trooper or like something more powered. More Actually, powerful. I was surprised to know that most of like the fun troopers, like you get special troopers by like earning points as you go through a match, mm-hmm. which is kind of a MOBA ish idea, mm-hmm. but it's really cool and i dig it a lot i was surprised to find out that most of them were the new content yeah like we walked in and it was like all this new shit was there that, Wait, we're that just wasn't like, originally there no oh, that's like, crazy like the red stormtrooper from the new trilogy yeah yeah that's 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 brand new that was part of rise of skywalker oh what yeah Skywalker has cool shit like and all of it was free like there's cosmetics um you can get a pass like 25 bucks i'm not trying to do advertising for ea because fuck ea but um for 25 bucks you could just get all the content because it takes forever to unlock it still. <laughs> yeah. Basically, but, you know, the game's still fun. No, it's it's a That's blast. It. Like, when I want to come home, put some music on, and just play games with my friends, and just, like, fucking mind out. Like, it's it's a lot of oh, fun. Oh, I see how it is. Yeah. yeah. John Williams, uh, not doing it for you, huh, friend? Gotcha. No, gotcha. sorry. One of uh, the, the greatest orchestral masters of all time, but sure. I like the guy who did the Harry Potter films a little more. Danny Elfman? No, he didn't do those. He didn't do those? I forgot who did those. Um, Sh- Sugar Ross. No. <laughs> <laughs> you are wrong. Um, but yeah, been having a lot of fun with that. Um, for some reason, there's a, what is it, an Ewok mode where you play as Ewoks? That was the best mode. And it's kind of like a horror game that was, for some reason. It's, it's, a, it's like a first-person horror game. <laughs> where you're playing as Ewoks hunting stormtroopers. Or you start out as the stormtroopers and you're in the complete darkness <laughs> and you have a fucking meter for your flashlight because that like... That's like a resource, basically. It's wild. And so it's a dual-edged sword. It lets you actually see because it's completely nighttime Mm -hmm. in the Endor forest. Yeah. And all you see is like a little teddy bear like run by and it's like the music goes like... (laughs) It gets fucking crazy. That's a fun-ass mode, actually. Like we played that for probably a good 20 minutes, like maybe three rounds of it. And I'm like, I felt like this was really fresh and really new and fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Because you know what's funny? I typically don't go for just like the the funny ha-ha modes. Mm. But I had a really good time with that. I need to, I need you to never try played more. big head mode in Turok? Nah, dude. <laughs> DK head mode? Yeah. Goldeneye? Yeah. Oh, that was the best. Goldeneye was the that best. That was the best. Um, what else am I playing? What are, you, what are you playing? Uh, I'll go through these ones pretty fast because they're kind of, they're different types of games. I'm playing The Messenger, which is dope. Play The Messenger. It is so fucking rad. And I think it's on sale in that same sale that Herman Holsch blessed us with i think the sale ends, ends on the 13th we're yeah. gonna launch this episode and people are like oh cool and <laughs> what like, sale what the fuck? <laughs> cucks live. these fucking same room boys are so dumb <laughs> oh, <laughs> they don't know man. how time works but i so, didn't go to school yeah you did not go to school um but the messenger so it's like a platformer basically um but not in the way that celeste is think more metroidvania you kind of hack and slash your ways across these different levels um starts as an 8-bit style game really cool 8-bit music that old like fucking uh, ninja guide and feel 
And, like, halfway through the game, something happens. Like, there's this fucking, like, I don't want to necessarily spoil it, but it's, like, a year-old game at this point. But, like, there is a time mechanic that is introduced, and you basically fast-forward to, like, the 16-bit era. So you're playing through levels, like, in a new graphical, like, updated way, and the music's different. Like, they actually rearrange a lot of the themes. So you have 8-bit version of a theme, and then a 16-bit version, which sounds, like, more throbbing or, like, arranged. That's actually really cool. Yeah, so you basically... Initially, you travel through the 18-bit areas, you fight bosses, there's a really cool story. It's actually really funny, which I wasn't expecting either. Huh. You come across like this uh, shopkeeper who gives you upgrades and kind of introduces you to the world, because you know what's going on. Like, a demon had just ransacked your village, and you're told, hey, you need to go find the messenger and save your village. And along the way, you see this guy, and you're like, who is he? And he's a shopkeeper, and he breaks the fourth wall all the time, and like, it's just probably some of the Why funniest- are you so sad, Daniel? It, what no, are you, like, what are you doing, Daniel? He literally addresses you, and you have this like weird- pit for pat every time you see each other like it's kind of like sitcom-y but funnier i don't know i, I really really dig it wow um so yeah the, the writing kind of took me by surprise and uh it's it's challenging because like yeah hack and slashy platformers yeah kind of look like uh yeah ninja guiding and a uh, strider yeah old strider those get tough but like you have so many ways to you can traverse the world and in terms of like beating enemies like you can slash things. You, every time you need to jump towards something, like a platform or whatever, um, if you jump slash on like an enemy's attack, you can actually get a double jump off that. Mm-hmm. So you're planning ways to strategically jump and get more gain jump momentum across. You have a grappling hook. You have fucking shurikens. You can glide. So you have all these ways to like get across the world that makes it feel easier than those older games did, which is kind of neat. It's, it's really dope. There's like an open world component too. Like you go through the original 18-bit worlds and then when you get that mechanic, you're like, okay, now go back and find like these music notes. Huh. And it's a little more freeform and weird, but like they give you like new things to find throughout them. So yeah, it's, uh, I think you would like it. I Actually, think you would like that's it a lot. A, yeah, you know, at first it was a little off my radar because yeah. I think um I got a little burned out on like 2D difficult games. Yeah, you um, played a lot of what, Dead Cells, you played fucking yes. Blasphemous, you played Hollow Knight, Hollow you played Knight. all these yeah. games. Yeah, like, so I feel like I got like a, you know, a real, mm-hmm. you know, I ate the whole birthday yeah. cake to myself with yeah, all those games, basically. But that, like, hearing that, that sounds really cool. It, actually, I, I should give credit to last year I picked up uh, Katana Zero, and that was a really cool, but... I think we never talked about that We game. never talked about that game. That game's so fucking cool. Yeah. It's, it has a time mechanic as well, but mm-hmm. it's like you're rewinding your play. So uh, if you go through a level... Because you can die in one hit, yeah. right? Kind of hotline, hotline Miami with a little mix of uh, Ninja Gaiden, basically. Mm-hmm. And you can go through and you have to basically find what is the perfect sequence of events to get through this level. Because mm-hmm. like dudes will be blasting with your shotguns. Yeah. And if you know that, you can be like, okay, I'm going to jump jump here, drop this on them, throw mm-hmm. this uh, at them. Like, it's it's really cool. Mm-hmm. But this sounds... It's a, it's different than that, obviously. And the time mechanic yeah. is like, once you, once you get this that This sounds a little jump, bigger, actually, in scope. It is. I thought it was going to kind of be one and done, and I looked at the trophy list after I beat what was the main campaign. I'm the like, there's still like another half of a game here that yeah. I haven't gotten through. And it's see, there's collectibles, there's upgrades. It's to a guy like you. I know what you like. I think you really dig it. You're handsome, mm-hmm. and you don't know how to read. Magnanimous. <laughs> didn't go to school <laughs> but he's affable yeah so that's the messenger uh go pick it up on the sale that um is gonna be it's gonna be over by the time um and you i also pick it up anyway just picked up after party which is kind of yeah cool. so i was i love yeah this developer actually i'm gonna look up their name do you know the name of yeah. them night school studios thank yeah. i didn't Super go dope. to school <laughs> they did oxen free which we talked about like a few episodes i ago. love oxen um yeah that mix of like what what would you call it like twin peaks with uh some supernatural horror stuff with like i don't know life is strange yeah with it, the decision trees it, it is a side-scrolling life is strange with a huge 
PNW horror vibe yeah. sort of like Twin yeah, yeah. Peaks for sure. So this game doesn't play too much unlike that. You still do the same like you control a character, you walk left to right, and you get to like have dialogue options. Um, there's no big mechanic yet. Like in Oxenfree, uh-huh. you had the what was it? The radio mechanic that yes. allows you to pierce through that other dimension, that hell dimension. Nothing like that yet. Um, so far, it's a lot of drinking. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you start the game at like a college party and then halfway through it, you end up in hell and you find out that you're dead. And then you go through the motions of like being in hell and it's kind of like really surreal. The characters don't know what's fucking going on. And because it's like, oh, pick your own decision, you basically just pick how you react to it in the moment. The cool thing is there's two hmm. characters and you play between the two of them. So I think it's Milo and uh, Lola. You okay. play between the two of them, and it's 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 neat. Their interplay is cool. You know that they know each other for a while. Um, it's a interesting protagonist chemistry that they have. Um, Isn't the goal you got to out party the devil? So that that's where I'm ramping up to at the moment in the game, where it's like um, you're hanging out, you're drinking through various bars in hell, kind of trying to process what's going on to you. And then this character is like, if you want to get out of here, you can go to the devil's mansion and party with him. And nobody. I think they said the last person to survive partying with Satan was Buddha. <laughs> like, that's a, literally a line in the game. I'm like, holy shit. So, yeah, I'm going to go there, drink the devil, and, and see if I can't get out of that situation. Yeah, I walked in, and I was impressed because uh, a jump between Oxenfree and this game is that, like, the character animations are much more like, you know, they're speaking, and their mouth is actually moving, and they're yeah. emoting, whereas, like, things were much more 2D kind of static Mm -hmm. in Oxenfree. So I was like, oh shit, this looks like an improvement. The backgrounds are kind of dynamic in like smaller ways. Like it's Mm. not like, I don't know, the way I would see it in a game. Like what does good foreground and background stuff? Like, I don't know. Resident Evil. Resident Evil. (laughs) It's always going to be Resident (laughs) Evil with this fucker. Did you know it was the best game of 2019? Who knew? Did you know? Jeff Keighley didn't know, apparently. Jeff (laughs) Keighley is is the world premiere eater. What's the one, Galactus? Yeah, the, Gal- the world premiere eater. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Keighley storming through town oh, man. in L.A., downtown L.A. <laughs> but I am about an hour into it. It's It's got its hooks in me. It's it's fun. It's not too gameplay intensive, and I can just chill out and play it. Uh, yeah. Music's also really good, not you know as dynamic as uh, Rainbow Dragon Eyes and John the Williams. <laughs> you that fucking guy. Um, but it's dope. I think you would like that, too. So. I I definitely wanted to pick it up. After Party looks like my jam. Mm-hmm. I like that studio so much, dude. And I walked in, and I just like was quiet watching, going like, this mm-hmm. is pretty cool, actually. The, the, the dialogue's super snappy. It's very good. Funny. Ashley Birch is in it, too. Ashley Birch is in it? Yeah. yeah no, it, it, I think I'm going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um... Speaking of games you've picked up, though. Well, let's not talk about games I just pick up. Hmm. Here's something I got back into. Oh. Um, Pokemon. Did you really? Yeah, you you mentioned that you're like, hey, it's a not, it's like kind of a not um, gameplay intensive game Mm -hmm. and I'm going to relax to it. I'm just like, Pokemon isn't that taxing in my mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's like, you know, there's a level of interaction, of course, where you're going through this kind of open world. Like I just got to the wild area. Mm -hmm. Or not just got there. I was going to a different part of the wild area to go to hammerlock or some town i just sounds right i just embarrassed the um fourth gym leader in oh, nice. front of all of his fans in his own stadium mm-hmm. and um it, i got the fire bad so i'm moving on through there and i'm building i'm building up my collection man i'm building up my pokies like these get, well not like getting more i'm actually i'm increasing their levels oh their strength their legacy within your your troop yeah there was a thought to name all of them after jackass characters so <laughs> my pikachu is steve-o <laughs> And my starter fire Pokemon, I don't know his actual name because I immediately renamed him Bam Margera. (laughs) 
And yeah, I'm going to continue on with that. Party Boy is going to get in that collection at oh, some wow. point, but I haven't met a good Party Boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for a Party Boy probably in this game. Yeah, for, probably. Minky's if if he's boy. in there. Yeah, 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 who knows? It might be DLC. It might be DLC, yeah. right? It might be DLC. So that's actually been pretty chill because all I do is like throw on like, you know, some YouTube, mm. lay on my back, which has been killing me lately, mm. and fucking play on my Switch. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to give it more of a shot. Okay. Right? Because originally I was like, I'm not too interested in this right now because mm. it's a very, mm, I won't say shallow, but like just a very easy RPG. Mm. Like it's not, it it doesn't bring anything really new to the table okay. in that regard. But, you know, there's, there's something, it's got that classic Pokemon feel to it, mm. you know? Of course, I would want to, I would want to see a shakeup to the combat at mm. some point. Maybe let me move around or yeah. something like that, like a, just some sort of action RPG mix. But mm. for for right now, it serves. Okay. Stories, okay. Mm. It's cute. Characters are like, oh, I can't wait to be the best. And like that's that's a whole that's a whole drive. There isn't really a. I haven't run into any conflict mm. as far as I can tell. One person showed up and act like a dick, but uh, otherwise they seem pretty nice, okay. you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's been cool. It's been cool getting back in this Pokemon. Maybe yeah. I'll actually uh, see it out. See it out with the full team. It depends. I mean, we're in this weird like backlog season right now, so yeah, like you so might. I just might. You're playing the weirdest shit now. I mean, <laughs> speaking of seeing things through, I I after fucking years uh-huh. since 2015 i finally beat the witcher 3 wow sweden is proud of you so i mean <laughs> get this man a robe technically yeah technically that earns me citizenship <laughs> if you beat the witcher in full <laughs> yeah but um and that was that was a cool experience mm-hmm. of course i was watching the witcher show which mm-hmm. is awesome toss a coin off his ass <laughs> off his fucking pectorals, <laughs> his pectorals he looks dude. so good dude like he- i was very reluctant to think he'd be good in the role when we saw the initial shots like, he looks like he's in a wig yeah i know but like he's but he's actually the he, leather he, and the look he owns that look he <laughs> yeah. owns the attitude like he owns that role pretty yeah. much and it, it took me a little while to get used to it but yeah he fucking owns it but you know hey check it out check yeah. out the witcher so i played the game um <laughs> beat the main story now i am eligible because of my level to mm. play the dlc that oh, i bought wow. years ago that i never got to access because i wasn't uh strong enough so it's one of those where you have to be leveled to a certain point you have to be like level 35 kind of like dark souls does yes oh, wow. yeah you gotta okay. be a certain point so you can't just like jump into you could you'll mm. get your ass handed to you but <laughs> sure. like yeah it's so I, i'm proud of myself will i go back maybe mm. it took you this long it took me this long yeah. i feel like it's one of those games like i'll be fucking 38 mm. and be like you know what man I'm going to play that DLC finally, <laughs> yeah. you know, and go back to it and still enjoy it. Because, you know, what do I always say, Daniel? Good game's always good. That's what you've always said. I've always said, said it. said it across two episodes tonight. Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, but beyond that, I did pick up uh, one new game. I did. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, it is called The Sinking City. I know. The Sorry, sinking... Is this a Ready at Dawn game? <laughs> no, I, I forget the name of the studio, but it, it's, it's definitely like a double A budget. Okay. Maybe a little less kind of um, take on the HP Lovecraft sort of mythos. So it's very like Cthulhu-like. You okay. go to this one town and it is like this, it is sinking. It's been flooded. It's constantly raining. And weird creatures and happenings are going around. Like people people are complaining about having a shared dream of like something at the bottom of the sea, oh. like calling to them and shit like okay. that. And you play as a detective who has these nightmares and wants to discover a way to stop them. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because Ambien ain't working for the dude. Mm-hmm. So he travels there. I think it's a period piece too. I think it takes place like 40s, 50s, something like that. Okay. And you go to this town and you meet some people and you're you're trying to discover and they all have problems. They're like 
monsters are roaming around the town, these weird fucking creatures. That is a problem. It's a little bit of an issue, right? And also, there's people that have ape faces. And then there's another subset of people that have fish heads. And they hate each other. And you're caught in between their, like, tiff. This fish head, (laughs) ape head war. Yeah. That's weird. Like, the fish heads are like, we've been blessed by the sea. (laughs) And it's like, oh... Okay, looks like you got been blessed by the ugly sick, but uh, I agree with you. <laughs> and it's an interesting game because it's like very story heavy. It leans in on the detective aspect. Like you get into a situation where it's like um, you investigate a murder, for instance, and okay. you can piece together like the clues. Like there'll be like little orbs floating in the environment that like give you snapshots to what happened. Like mm. it plays it out like in still images. And then it, you have to order up the evidence to like the sequence of events that happened. And then from that, you have like a list of deductions from the, one of your menus. Mm-hmm. And you have to piece together like matching uh, pieces of evidence mm-hmm. where it's like okay this guy woke up fucking crazy started uh beating up his friends and then the other thing is this dude was found fucking murdered by the sea and if like you match both then you make a deduction going ooh, i should go to the bar where his friends were last seen okay because they fucking drove him out to the sea or some shit hmm. and it's interesting like that i was just like oh man that's a really cool play on being a detective i'm Sounds actually like, a, like an adventure narrative type very much yeah. so, with some light combat elements that mm-hmm. are pretty fucking clunky. Hmm. That's that's the drawback of the game. Okay. Controls are clunky. This flooded city that you're in, you, you have to use a boat to get across certain areas. Mm-hmm. So it always ends up where it's like, oh, I have to go to this one place. And it'll be on the far fucking side of town. And you have to like constantly do these stop starts of like using a boat to get onto some land, mm-hmm. to use another boat to get onto the other piece of land. And it's like, it's kind of a convoluted map, which kind of destroys some of the fun because it's not as seamless as it could be. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, it's a bit obtuse. Like the game does expect you to kind of figure out from the last conversation I had, I need to go to the hospital. But it doesn't just turn into a big icon on your map instantly. Uh, you have to remember. figure out that like, Oh, yeah, the next step is go to the hospital. Like, it'll tell you in your menu, hey, dude, go to the goddamn hospital. Mm-hmm. You have to actively place a marker on the map. <laughs> oh, weird. There's so inst- no waypoints or nothing, really? You make your waypoints. Oh, okay. Wow. Sunny boy Oh, Hey, man. Mm-hmm. Made you do it in Hollow Knight. Yeah, I didn't mind it because Hollow Knight was such a good game. Yes. You know what I talked about when I talked about Hollow Knight? Go the ahead. gameplay. You know what I've heard about the Sinking City? I haven't heard a single fucking thing about the gameplay until now. <laughs> Why do you think I'm not playing it right now? Like, I think it's super interesting. Yeah. Like, especially there's this one part where it has you, like, uh, taking on, like, a diving, putting on a diving suit, mm-hmm. going to the bottom of the sea and seeing fucking hellish squid monster creatures. Yeah, I watched you play probably a good, like, uh, like five, ten minutes of it because yeah. it really didn't hold my vision. Yeah, you're like, what I'm is like, this garbage? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. But it seemed, like, very different in its approach a little wishy-washy i mean and then mm-hmm. also every character you walk up into is like 15 minutes of your fucking time just hearing them t- talk at you it's a lot of dialogue they just talk yeah. at you they're like you you walk up and you're just like why is there 15 goddamn dialogue options yeah <laughs> yeah you can never just walk away from a person <laughs> no and they a- have to explain to you beat by beat your objective too so like you know exactly what you need to do <laughs> to get to the hospital and where you're going you gotta go to the hospital see uh, oh thank you next press x Make sure you're wearing shoes, see? Wait, what? Here's where you get shoes. You gotta go to the shoe store, son. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Please stop. Yeah. We're not dumb. We get it. At the end, I'm just like, I don't need to talk. I didn't. You didn't inform me of anything. Yeah. And then <laughs> I'm constantly running into situations where it's like, I have two bullets and five enemies. What does the game want? Mm. And the currency in town 
our bullets and such. Oh, okay. Do a good thing, get three bullets, Sonny Boyo. <laughs> a little bullet currency. <laughs> so I'm always just like skin of my teeth, like taking on odd jobs because I'm just like, I have no ammo to fight the fucking squid beasts. <laughs> I'm real. Uh, this sucks. I got to do a side quest to get three more bullets. That's kind of ridiculous, to be honest. Like if you're like me, I suck. Like I have yeah. the worst aim, so I would be running through bullets like left and right. I would be doing more odd jobs than game. It feels so bad to miss. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a shovel. You have a shovel in your back. You're my detective shovel. Or <laughs> I start slapping the fucking Lovecraftian monsters away, and it doesn't do much. I was gonna say, does it actually help? Um, it does one animation. Like, you can't... It's not a very dynamic shovel. Mm-hmm. You press R1, and it slaps a Lovecraft monster. <laughs> and they go, That's ah, it. and then they retract into the, the pits of the sea. It's all you got. Okay. It's all you got. Maybe I will jump back in at some point. We'll see. Perhaps, because yeah. it does have a very interesting story. Sure. When you, when you cut through the bullshit. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of bullshit to get through. That's all I'm yeah, saying. I'm really surprised you picked it up. Dude, it sounded up my alley. Mm. I read a few reviews and it's like, oh, it's got a little bit Silent Hill to it. It's got a little bit of uh, L.A. Noir. And I'm like, what oh, the okay. fuck? That sounds neat. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. Okay. Oh, he winked at me. I did wink at you. That's a new 2020 winking That was a video you. transition. That that's we, We're not recording this. <laughs> Here's what I've been doing that's interesting. And I've been okay. doing this on stream. And I, I like this show. I like the save room place because I can talk about uh, some stream work on here. Mm, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've been playing classic PS1 games. Oh, wow. And because I am twitch.tv slash the red herb, I have to live up to my reference. And I've been playing some classic survival horror games. And I've been having a fucking blast, yeah. man. You're you know the... you know what I always say, Daniel? A, <laughs> a good, good game's, game's always, always good. good. Yeah, I know. I've, I've heard it. <laughs> but you're in this, like, what? Capital R, capital E renaissance right now. Renaissance. <laughs> What's it's... going on with you? Yo, dude. I'm Capcom Captain is diving into <laughs> his Capcom legacy. Take your phone. And I, I played Dino Crisis 2 on stream. Okay. Wow. I skipped right to 2 because, well, part 1, listen, mm-hmm. ultimate respect, but it is definitely just Resident Evil with dinosaurs. Okay. Like, There's nothing wrong with that, though, right? super No, nothing wrong with it. Okay. Super difficult. Yeah. Um, you're always, like, skinning your teeth with, with bullets in the first one. You have to figure out a bunch of kind of obtuse puzzles to get through. Like, it's shit I love. Mm-hmm. But Dino Crisis 2 is basically, what if you gunned down every single dinosaur that ever existed within the frame of two hours? <laughs> yeah. What if you were the reason it asked the, the real question? wipe out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if it wasn't a meteor and it was actually just you, the player? <laughs> It's actually a, a super arcade, so it still plays like a Resident Evil game. Mm. It's got pre-rendered backgrounds. Okay. It has better than t- tank controls, though, because oh. it does have push-to-go controls, but they're still kind of tanky. You kind of need it if you have like that high-paced action in a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little better on the controls, and it essentially makes everything as seamless as possible because the idea I read up on this mm. is that they didn't want people diving into their menus. They wanted to make the game as kinetic as possible so you even go through screens imagine them just like the old Mega Man games mm-hmm. screens where dinosaurs will show up and attack you and you have a score modifier on the top of the screen and then when you go to the next screen you know like transitioning mm-hmm. pre-rendered backgrounds they will respawn and you got to fight them again oh. so you can keep your multiplier going up because you use these points to cash in and get more fucking weapons to shoot dinosaurs in the face Wait, with you mean you don't have to do odd jobs to get this ammo? No, your odd job is exterminating every dinosaur you see in wow. front of you. And it is the tits, my friend. Sounds cool. I love Dino Crisis 2. 
You beat it I in like what? Four hours? Lo- four hours. It's a beautiful game. I love that game. And funny enough, hmm. games done quick happened this weekend. Oh. Where they, you know, they they uh, fight cancer, mm-hmm. raise money by playing games really fucking quickly. And yeah. Dino Crisis 2 was one of the games being played. And it was a marvel. I wish I remembered the guy's guy. It was a marvel mm-hmm. uh, to watch him just whip that game. <laughs> just punish How that quick? game. How quick was that whipping? He did it like in an hour and a half. Wow. He did it in an hour and a half. It's fucking great. That's pretty wild. And... Uh, Friend of the show on Twitter, Jaw Muncher, mm-hmm. who is a... Is it Jaw Muncher? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Jaw is an advocate for Dino Crisis. Mm-hmm. He actually uh, made a donation, and they read his uh, donation on the screen, because you can leave like a little little mm-hmm. caption thing. And he said, like, bring back Dino Crisis. The people want it. The people do want it. And I agree. We I th- make Dino Crisis. I think Capcom is listening. I think they know, and I think it'll happen. But how are they going to do it, though? You think they're just going to remake one, or are they going to do like a, a blending of one and two? Or do they have to be separate things? Why not both, my friend? Mm. Why not blend the the um, the kind of survival horror atmosphere mm. of the first game okay. with the fun action of the second game? Make, make something that's a little snappier, oh, okay. still a little scary, where you're just like, it's tense fighting dinosaurs and mm-hmm. such, but still make it where it's like, I fight back, I'm building myself up with new weapons and new shit, and I'm going to blast some fucking dinosaurs in the face. I believe in that idea. I think that works. That sounds so good. I think that hey, works. Capcom, this is the Capcom captain on the line. That's me. He needs it. Give it to him. It's his birthright. Capcom, please take me for a ride. <laughs> so Dino Crisis 2, a lot of fun. I've also been playing, I played Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, the okay. original, in anticipation of the April 3rd remake. Nice. And I, so when I started the game, there's only two choices, and this choice didn't make sense to me, but old games are weird. Mm-hmm. This game is from 99. When you start, there is an easy mode, mm-hmm. and then there's a hard mode. There is no in between. Oh. It's either going to be easy or it's going to be hard. Take your pick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me start an easy whatever. Little did I know, first item box I get to in the game, fucking shotguns and grenade launchers yeah. and ammo and first aid spray. And I was like, no, 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 no. Do not insult the Capcom captain as such, my friends. You're seasoned. So I fucking restarted right there in an instant. Restarted on hard. Oh, yeah. Just got a handgun. Because okay. every Resident Evil should just start you with like a handgun and a fuck you. Yeah. That's all. That's all you get. And you build yourself up and you learn to build yourself up. Yeah. All right. All right. I wouldn't have it any other way. There, there's no participation <laughs> raccoon trophies. Thank you very much. I love those. You get a hundred. I love them. Yeah. I love shooting them. So, hard mode was a bit harder than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Did it beat you around a little bit? It made me you feel that Dark Souls anger. Oh. It did, but you, because you could run into stupid situations where you, first of all, your typewriter ink ribbons mm-hmm. that you use to save completely, completely scarce. Hmm. Like. I was going through entire sections of the game where I couldn't find one. And I was like, oh, shit. So if I died, well, my last save was a long time ago. Damn. And so I had to repeat a lot of parts doing that going back and forth in Raccoon City. And that fucking shit was punishing. Was one and two like that with like how scarce they were? Depending on the difficulty. Yeah, for sure. Because I think the only one that I played like that was... um madhouse mode for yes. re7 and i don't remember if re2 remake had something like that it did where it, it did? limited your uh, amount of saves okay. or actually first of all uh, it forced you to use an ink ribbon as an item oh, on the, yeah, on right. the professional that's or right. hard mode yeah, yeah yeah that was cool okay. throw back to the past so yeah i've never played the older ones like that so that that sounds really intense dude if you if mm-hmm. you saw me on the second stream i got stuck on a nemesis fight for about an hour straight oh i heard about it 
And I saw the wind. Oh my god. The wind mattered. I wanted to just do a fucking backflip. <laughs> god damn. Figuring out his enemy pathing was the worst mm-hmm. in the world. Because like the pre-rendered backgrounds, there's still like artifacts that the enemies get stuck on like mm-hmm. or or you cannot go past because it's supposed to mimic like whatever fucking plant is in the way mm-hmm. and you, i was trying to get him caught in a corner and that was the only tactic that worked to confuse nemesis to make sure that he doesn't fucking stick his tentacle down my throat and kill me because mm-hmm. two grabs you're out oh no you know what i'm saying can't have that you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a bad time it's a bad time these classic resident evils man they make you sweat they do that's what i'm trying to say they yeah. make you sweat listen i'm the guy with the towel dabbing you Keeping you wow. clean on Twitch. Gotcha. Slash the writer. Did we, were we talking about fisting early in the episode? <laughs> this has been a wild ride so far. For sure. Yeah. I've had a very good time. Uh-huh. I picked up one more game and I'll talk about it very briefly. I, I streamed it today. Uh, thank you, Mr. David, friend of the Save Room show. Mm-hmm. And he's coming soon. And I hope to have an episode with him out for you, my friends. That'd be fun. Uh, he recommended Parasite Eve. I'm the Capcom captain, mm-hmm. but I'm also a survival whore. Yeah. Lieutenant. Mm. What, whatever ranking. And... <laughs> It just slipped by me. Part one, part two came on the PS1. Oh, really? Never played them. You could have got it on the PS1 Classic that came out. Dude, it's like this really cool mix of Final Fantasy and Resident Evil. It really mm. is. Like, the combat's so interesting because it's not, like, turn-based. It's, um, you could still move around the map, but you're yeah. stuck in these encounters, which are random, by the way, Pokemon style. Oh, what? Slash Final Fantasy style. Like, you're in an environment, and there would be like, oh, shit, your heart goes... And you're like, uh, oh man, some sort of weird fucking um, Bandersnatch monster sh- like appeared at the ground. Oh, there's two of them. And you have like guns, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't like free aim. Like um, you basically have like an AT, like an action meter. Oh, like you would in Final Fantasy VII or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you have to wait for it to fill and then you can fire off two shots basically oh, okay. with your gun. And that's how you get the enemies, but you can only get them when they're in like kind of like in a proximity or something. Yeah, yeah. I saw like these little bit grids that you'd place over the characters and the enemies you were fighting. Right. So it's a little tactical in that way, but mm-hmm. it's it's like basically if Resident Evil had vats, that's how it feels. Oh, okay. I cannot believe I missed this game. I love this game. Yeah, I love this you game. You seem so like far. you had a lot of fun playing it. I had so much fun playing this fucking game that I that totally missed by me. Mm-hmm. What do I always say, Daniel? <laughs> good game is always good. God damn it. <laughs> Parasite Eve is pretty goddamn good. It's got a ridiculous story where this fucking it's all about this mitochondria. Yeah. Essentially. And like everyone's like, you need to unlock the mitochondrial. Can I ask you something? Go ahead. You never went to school, right? Yeah, that's true. So what is the mitochondria? Um, it's something in your brain. (laughs) No, it's the splitting of your cells. It is the it's the building block of the cell. You're getting closer. It is It's the powerhouse of the cell. Damn it, it's the powerhouse of the cell. Yeah. It's a roundhouse kick of the cell. <laughs> That's closer. Well, apparently if you unlock that shit, you become some sort of goofy Final Fantasy monster. Oh, really? It's disgusting. I watched a rat burst into a mutant and then I had to fight it with a shotgun. Oh shit. It's fucking great. And you I had ammo lo- for it. I have a lot of ammo in this mm. game, actually, but I, you know what's really cool? Mm. When you unlock your mitochondrial might, you can use, you have a, a magic meter, basically, okay. where you can, like, self-heal. Mm. Fantastic yeah. in a survival horror game, yeah, by the way. more games should do it. Capcom. Yeah, but you gotta, like, wait. You gotta be patient. You gotta, like, r- dodge their attacks because you can, like, still free move, kind mm. of Final Fantasy twelve style. Okay. And it has pre-rendered horror backgrounds, like mm. Resident Evil. I love it. I fucking love it, dude. I can't wait to play it on the PS5. People are melting in this. Wait, what? <laughs> People melt. Yeah, there's this crazy creature called Eve who basically um, uh. sets people on fire with her mind. Okay. Everyone's like, oh man, spontaneous combustion. <laughs> like, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. And it's in New York City. 
Also, it's really weird to see the Twin Twi- Towers, like, a lot in the game. Really? Yeah. Oh, so it takes place, like, in that era. It game. came out in 98. Oh, shit. It came okay. out in 98, and they're just like, oh, yeah, here's, here, you're right near the Twin Towers. Like, literally everywhere in the game is Twin Towers. I had no idea that that took place in New York at all. Twin Towers? <laughs> no, Parasite Eve. Parasite Eve, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where those are. <laughs> I'm just checking. I don't yeah. know. Not everyone went to school. Is <laughs> <laughs> that going to be the <laughs> anyway i'm having a lot of fun with that let's let us let us move forward my friend oh my god so we got this conversation for you guys it is a new decade although some people might argue that the decade starts with the one year so 2021 fuck that fuck that noise they didn't go to school god damn it so this is the new decade of gaming um but we wanted to look back at uh the 2010s basically and do a game of the decade talk we're not going to do it the same way we did our game of the year talk no round robin no split list we kind of just decided on a group of of 20. I know that sounds like a lot because, well, you know, that was 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, games. guys. You'll, you'll finish this one before your commute mm-hmm. is over, okay? For sure. We promise you. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to start it. We have this list. We're going to do it chronologically throughout the year. So 2010 to 19. Boom. But to warm up, let's do some honorable mentions. Uh, yep. How about you go first? Buddy. Uh, I would. So we, we did a combined list of 20 because I realized taking a peek at Daniel's list, there was a lot of like overlap. So I was just mm-hmm. like, fuck it. Let's just whatever we consider mentionable yeah there you go the, come on this is just for fun don't take it too seriously mm-hmm. we don't even fucking rank it but honorable this is mentions. just for us just for us mm-hmm. just like the rest of this podcast yeah, basically <laughs> um i put destiny on there and almost destiny 2 because i think destiny 2 is a better game mm-hmm. but destiny is like this important like stepping stone not only is it uh the first game to come out of bungie after mm-hmm. they were liberated from microsoft sure it was kind of a big deal for them and then got into the subjugation of, of Activision. Uh, Activision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now they're independent again. Yes, they're independent again. So, so and they're still supporting Destiny too. Mm-hmm. But kind of like this milestone moment that informed the rest of the PS4 slash Xbox One generation mm-hmm. going forward, especially with games as a service, because it kind of set a mold that a lot of others mimicked. But yeah. like they were still figuring it out along the way, thinking it was going to be a 10 year plan, that kind of shit. But mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun. I'm just taking back then. I was like, you know what? It was one of those games. And I love this type of game mm-hmm. that brings all my homies back together. Yeah, The Soul Skaters were there. The Soul Skaters were there. I never played the first one because um, it had kind of a, a weird launch. It was like, what, kind of close to PS4 and Xbox One's initial launch time. Like 2014. Yeah, basically. Um, and I didn't get a PlayStation 4 at launch, so it took me a while. So by the time it came out, like what, um, Taken King and all that other stuff had already come out, like House of Wolves or whatever the, those ones were called. So I just didn't get into it. But 2 was like this lightning rod of fun, like the active quests, the raids, the strikes that we were doing. It was just a really good time. And really was. It feels like a really great shooter. And that's, that's what you got to sell me on it. Like, I don't like shooters, but if it feels good in my hands, I'm going to want to play it. And it feels excellent. And even if you are doing something like repetitive in Destiny, mm-hmm. like it's still, it feels good. Yeah. The gameplay loop is so, like it just, you want to go back to yeah. it. Right? But I'm, I'm glad that Bungie is figuring out, is figuring out like mm-hmm. how to do new content and like, you know, keep hardcore and mm-hmm. maybe invite casuals back in. I don't know. I don't know. It, it seems like as we go along, they keep on making just focusing on the hardcore. Maybe that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a bad thing. You kind of, you don't get like new onboarders to that. What kind were of the new ones? Shadow keep and yeah. dark of the moon. Shadow. <laughs> <Dark of> the moon. <laughs> uh, no, it was definitely, it was shadow keep the okay. one where you, you go to the moon and that, like, it was good. It was good shit. Okay. But, um, it was, it was a bit much all at once to like leave that game and come back. Mm, that's, but, that's, that's, all. that's yeah. all. My other one on here, friend, hmm. my other one on here is awesome. I hadn't seen this until I looked at the list because I, I didn't look at your honorable mentions ahead of time. Oh, okay. So good. this is dope. Near Automata. Mm. 
or Automata. So I don't good. know how you want to say. It's just a great game. It has so much fucking swerve, son. It's got style. It's got the music. It's mm-hmm. got that platinum action that we know them mm-hmm. for from Bayonetta and the rest of the other non-Bayonetta games. Yeah, Transformers Devastation. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> the Legend of Korra. <laughs> Deep cuts. Deep cuts, indeed. Yeah. No, like, it, it's just, it's a great game. It's such an interesting game. And it is one of the few games that values, uh, puts value in the replay it gives you a new experience with each replay. That's I true. love it when games do that. Dude. I was surprised to find that there were endings, what, A through Z, basically? Exactly. <laughs> like, what? For every letter of the alphabet. Isn't there an ending where you fight the creator of the game? I t- <laughs> <laughs> like, what? You slap him around. Yeah, basically. No, I'm not even kidding, man. No, I know you're yeah. not kidding. No, because he wears that mask. Yeah. Like, the the weird, it looks like the fucking uh, Majora's, uh, Majora's mask. The moon, moon mask, yeah. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Um, yeah, I. it's such an ex- such a good game so mm-hmm. and i guess um i would i would like the way that it does almost an open world for an action game yeah it's not bad i wasn't mad about its open world approach yeah i, I kind of like how i did it where you can take on what you need to but it's still mm-hmm. kind of a i'm gonna use it again a curated experience nonetheless it is yeah because you have these main story beats that you want to hit but then like you do kind of like side quests yeah and things within it and you can kind of explore and get collectibles but like the main beats are the coolest. Like, you're doing different, like, gameplay type stuff. Like, yeah, it's an action platformer, but then you have, like, these spaceship battles. Yo, yeah, like, like those little bits are just, like, it is a celebration of video games. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's very video gamey. You talked about this, like, years ago. You're like, it is the most video gamey game. Right. And I believe that. There was <laughs> no reason to throw those elements in except for the fact they were fun. Mm-hmm. The creators were just like, let's let's just fucking do this What's bit. the one you always say? Ikaruga? Uh, Yeah. Oh, okay. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it does that kind of um, shoot 'em up. Mm-hmm. Uh, bullet hell is actually the yeah. proper term for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those types. Now, tell me about yours, my friend. Please I got do. two that seem like vastly different, and it's because they are. And if I had my own independent list, they'd both be on there. Hey, um, you've always marched to a different drum beat. That's true. It's my, it's my kind. But my first one is Heavy Rain. Quantic Dreams, Heavy Rain. And I got to tell you, this game, when I played it for the first time, I'd never played a game like that because I was late to the that current-gen feel. Like PS3, Xbox 360, I was still playing my GameCube and my <laughs> PS2, and I was playing my friends' consoles, like my roommates. Katamari. Um, yeah, stuff like that. And I hadn't played games like Mass Effect or Fable that had that sort of like choose your story vibe to it mm-hmm. and where your con- your actions have consequences. So my friend, he he picked this up. Um, he played through it himself. And he's like, dude, I need you to play this. Like you like cinema. You like good writing. You like just crazy game play experiences. Play this. And he just put the controller in my hand, much like I have with people in the past. And he's like, just play it. And he like, it was one of the experiences where like I... It was cool to see somebody else watch my reaction for something because he knew that I was on a a wild ride. But I had never played a narrative game like that. And Heavy Rain is so interesting. Yeah, looking back on it, it's kind of janky and kind of ugly in spots. But, like, it was the first game I ever played as, like, what looked like real-life people. Like, that level of special effects and um, what would you call it? Mo-capping, even? Yeah. Like, French (laughs) mo-capping? Mo-capping. Yeah, yeah, there's a level of realism in the game that just, like, makes you go, God damn, this PS3. In fact... It blew my mind. You playing that game is the reason that I bought a PS3. Mm -hmm. Because I looked at it and was like, damn, look at these rain effects. Yeah, it was so cool. Like, the idea... Like, I love Seven. So, the idea of following, like, this serial killer and what's happening to this fucking town. I think it's in Detroit or somewhere like that. Um, And I was like, this is is crazy. This is everything I want out of a, like, kind of mystery noir story. And the revolution of the four characters that you play between was, like, 
super dynamic. Um, and when they interlap and their, their kind of worlds intersect, you're like, oh shit, they're building like a really tight story here. Yeah, I don't know that I like every single one of Quantic Dream's outings, but they definitely resonated super hard with me with this one. I, can't, I cannot fucking disagree. And I might not know who did the music for Harry Potter, but Norman Corbel killed the soundtrack on this one. Norman Corbel. He was awesome. So heavy rain you got your williams yeah. you got your elfmans you got your corbels yeah. i love it yeah yeah you know you ever seen the movie um 47 meters down no it's where two women i believe are stuck in a shark cage mm-hmm. at the bottom of the ocean oh my god I and there's some sharks attacking and <laughs> i feel like for a lot of people heavy rain was the first time that they got sub- submerged 47 meters down in a david cage cage <laughs> <laughs> and it was gripping and harrowing at first, yeah. but I, I think it became a it became a tired trick after a while. You just wanted to get out of the cage. Yeah. That's all I wanted. That's a good setup. I wanted... Okay, <laughs> my other one on here is kind of. A... I just couldn't let leave it without I saying know. something mean about David. Cage. Like you have to talk shit. Like you were actually listening and being respectful of the conversation. You're like, no, I got to do an exit, but I respect it. My other one on here speaks to my lineage of beat 'em ups. It is 2010 Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game. Bring it to the Switch. You can't get it anywhere. It's locked on like PS3 everywhere because like fuck licensing yeah they lost the license for yeah, it right? fuck licensing come on it, it is incredible to me that a fucking amazing game like yeah. this could just disappear into the either i think ubisoft had the license for I, it. i think so yeah yeah but they must have realized there's a girl in the game they're like that's too hard the code too, you can play as too many girls at once <laughs> too many girls at once it is dope though like you play as scott and his group of bandmates and friends and you fight your way through canada you fight through all these different enemy types like they're all based around the seven X's basically. So you fight through like their theme sets. So, like the one, the first one you fight through the streets to a club. Second one, you fight your way through like um, Lucas Lee's movie set. Um, you fight your way through a nightclub. So it's just really dynamic and it really just celebrates. I think like the lineage of not only awesome media, like comic books, Scott Pilgrim, but fucking just beat them ups in general. Like it's so dope. I, what I love about that game is like what really ties it together is not just like a screen to screen beat em up. It is like this free roaming adventure mm-hmm. that has like currency systems and yeah. upgrades and shit. It's like it makes it make you know what I love? It, it kind of reminds me when you're talking about the messenger. Mm-hmm. What I really love is that when we go back to these basic ideas from like 8 bit and 16 bit generation and give it such a modern spin. And yeah. Sp- Scott Pilgrim felt like that was the embodiment of that. Mm-hmm. And that was like the high of Scott Pilgrim because like the movie had just come out, the comics, I I think we're almost done or maybe they had just finished i don't don't remember because i read them after the fact but i was like this is what i need and like it's probably one of the hardest fucking beat-em-ups of that nature like Mm. i remember spending so much time like trying to play through the game just to beat gideon graves in his final form (laughs) he was like this giant fucking like sephiroth looking beast and i can never beat him holy shit like even when i got the fucking like the samurai sword that you get to use but oh god that game is so dope i want to play it like right now just thinking about it yeah i got you yeah and the music um anamanaguchi just killer just killer what a weeb anyway (laughs) so we have 20 games Mm -hmm. over 10 years wow we gotta pound this out my friend let's do it so like we're starting at the top of the generation what's the first one on here uh mass effect 2 yeah back when bioware were in their heyday that's what the save room says mass effect 2 so i never played the first one which is kind of egregious by some people's accounts because it's it, like oh you didn't get the whole story no but it makes sense because yeah. like it was exclusive to 360 yeah. for a while so part two came out when it wasn't available on the ps3 mm. for a lot of people i think that i ended up getting it in 2011 and it came with like an interactive comic for the first game where you fight your way through that 
what is that? The Hive War or whatever the first game set up. And you make the decisions and it basically plays over into your main campaign for two. Two, man, I had never played. When I talk about Heavy Rain in terms of like narrative decision type games, I never played a game like that. But I've never played an action type game that did it like that. Uh, so, so groundbreaking and cool for me. Just that version of Shepard, like you start the game and you, you die and then you're rebuilt by like who the elusive man and you're like this is crazy martin sheen yeah he was awesome in it and just the the sheer volume of like world building and your crew and the adventures you would go on it was just like so rich in writing and just thought like i loved it <laughs> yeah i i i did play the first one and i gave up on it for like a little bit i remember that distinctly mm-hmm. and then i remember a friend of mine adam who i worked with at okay. a game stop was just like dude Give it another chance. Mm. I was like, all right, fine. And I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Like I fell in love with exploring and all that. And then part two really addresses all of the issues that the first one had. Like the combat wasn't very good in part one. Part mm. two was like, ooh, this is snappy as shit. Yeah. This feels good. Still not like the best, but like you could map in ways that felt comfortable and your your power set, like your Omnic tools felt cool too. Trust you me, it was an improvement yeah. over what they did on the 360. And no more elevator scenes, right? And like weird No more fucking, oh, no, no, no Mako, no elevator. Yep, 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 yep. Those are all improvements in my eyes. Sorry, I can't not shout out the Mako. No, I know, dude. I know. Uh, a lot of people give a shit. A lot mm. of people give a shit. Some people like it. Some people like it. I didn't, I didn't mind it too much. I'm used to games doing goofy shit all the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Mass Effect fucking 2. Bombastic. Great story. Great escalation point. Mm-hmm. Great character character arc. Remember yeah. the, the suicide mission was at the end of that game. That's your build up where you're building your crew to trust you enough to, right. to die for you or survive with right. you. Right. And it gives <laughs> you enough time which each of the characters to yeah. really get to know who they are. To get to figure out like, oh damn, I really respond with Jacob yeah. or uh, Tally from the first one. You, you get know, like one main uh, recruitment mission with yeah. them and then a loyalty quest which is dope. And it's like it oh man like the one with jacob where you go to the the island where his it's an island of cannibals it's yeah, so wild isn't his dad there his dad's something? there and you're like what is going on here jacob god damn it you alliance scum or was he alliance i forget what it yeah, was but I, it was a good mission i remember yeah. that being and like, it was oh, like shit. it was that it was just the dynamic of missions you were doing on it wasn't just wrote like fetch quests like um ubisoft might have you do not to downplay it like ubisoft because they make great games just dunking on them but like you were doing very unique things where it's like you were really building the world and the character set and you're like oh no moment felt wasted really it, it is the definition of an action RPG. The DLC was cool too. Yep. With Kasumi. Oh, best girl. I don't think I ever got the Kasumi DLC. Oh, it was so cool. I got the Shadow Broker DLC. That one's cool too. And then like Liara becomes the Shadow Broker yep. or something. Oh, yep. spoilers. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Part three, I think did like a lot of the good from part two was still in part three. Yeah. I know people had problems in the story. Yeah. I had less of an issue with what they did in the story. I, I just, didn't mind it. I just think it's one of those games, and we'll talk about it later. Like, it's one of those games where part two is obviously the best, but part three doesn't get dissed because it's basically part two again. Yeah, Uncharted and I honestly, did the same thing. Two and three are the same fucking yeah. game. But like for me, like there's no like fucking. Yeah. There's no clear line between two and three. Mm-hmm. Like I even blend in the, my experience because they're so similar to each other. I actually a lot of people hate Mass Effect Three, but I think it's ah. in a lot of ways is maybe a better game. I think it plays what? better. I I really do. I think Whoa. some of the set pieces are so impressive. They won't forgive you for this one, oh, dude. Oh, I don't care. I don't oh care. God. It's a saver and play. It's a different beast. Oh my god. Um, and it had that awesome multiplayer mode. I spent so much time playing multiplayer yeah, in Mass Effect true. 3, which that's was crazy. It, had such a, it, was, um, it was just basically a horde mode, but it was great. 
But it gave me one of the most heartbreaking moments because I don't know who you shipped in terms of Shepard and like a love interest. Uh, the one with the butt. The genetically the, the engineered clone. butt. <laughs> Miranda. Miranda. There we go. I was a, a Tolly shipper. So I, I mm-hmm. shipped Tolly pretty hard. And I had this escalation where she ends up killing herself. And it broke me. What the me. fuck? It broke me, dude. That happened to you? Yeah. No, yeah. dude. Yeah. Tolly's bae. She yeah. survived until three with because me. Because I think there was a... Well, no, she was in three with me, but like... It, there was Wait, a what? moment where, like, what? she basically felt like she had, because it carried across the two games, yeah. she felt like she had let down the Corian fleet, and she's like, I have disgraced everybody. I have oh, to kill how myself. You fu- I don't know. I made one wrong one wrong. How did you fuck that one, man? Because I like the Geth. I don't know. That's crazy. I really like the Geth. <laughs> Okay, okay, yeah. that okay, that blows my mind. Yeah. I had like the most optimal experience. Oh, good for you! Everybody, I lost sur- the love of my life. <laughs> everybody survived the suicide mission for me. Yeah, and all had very good resolute endings each. Um, but okay, I'm sorry. No, no, I don't mean that happened in two for me. They survived the suicide mission. I mean, in three, that was probably one of the most impactful moments. No, I'm just okay. saying. I'm like everyone still had a good ending in oh. three with me. Well, I look at you with envy. Okay, I, yeah. I just know how to do right by all the people. Okay. Everyone agrees. Kevin does right. May not have gone to school, but mm-hmm. he does right by me. I guess I'm a sloppy shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> Number two on here, Daniel, is Call of Duty Black Ops. Ah, the Coca-Cola of gaming. Which... <laughs> That's what you call Call of Duty, right? <laughs> Let me pep you up here. Black Ops, when you think of Call of Duty, people like, you know, they'll give you four mm-hmm. great experiences. I love four. Yeah. Some will give you Modern Warfare 2. That's an amazing one. That's a great one. But when I think of like the most fucking fun I have had with this franchise, it's Black Ops. It's always Black Ops. Uh, yeah, same, undoubtedly. Well, for me, it was like the first Call of Duty I actually owned. Okay. Because it's like right when I got my PS3 and it had come out that November, November 2010. Oh, uh, you remember. I remember because that's exactly when I had gotten it. Goodness and I was like, I was playing it with you because we had just moved in together yeah. and it was just like this really raw experience. God, it's the beginning of us. Yeah. It was raw as emotional, yeah. is what it was. No, like, the campaign's pretty fucking good. Oh, yeah. The numbers, Mason, the numbers, you know? That whole, like, Vietnam backdrop with, like, the it was fucking, so like... so awesome, yeah. The spies, all of it. Oh, my God. It was just a really interesting war background to, to play through. back Reznov, played by Gary Oldman. That's true. That was awesome. That was a cool connection to World at War. Um, and there, I like World at War. There was a jungle moment where they play the Rolling Stones. Yes, they do. <laughs> Sympathy for the Devil yeah. they played. Or it could have been the other one. What's the other one? The one that goes war children. Give me shelter. Ah, yeah, give me shelter. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> but the multiplayer was fucking fantastic too. The weapons were great. Mm-hmm. The balancing felt yeah. great. The little using RC car to blast people. Oh my God. It introduced so many cool modes. I know. Kill confirmed. Gun game. <laughs> can we can we confirm that? Was it really? That was the one that was kill confirmed? I'm pretty sure. Because I, I had played a lot of was, Modern what Warfare. Was the first Call of Duty with kill confirmed? Hang on, hang on. We're going to the wiki. We're going. We're diving deep. We're diving hard here. Uh, Introduced in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. It was not in the original Black Ops. What was it? You sloppy bitch. You've embarrassed (laughs) me for the last time. (laughs) Get off the show. (laughs) No, it it was uh, Modern Warfare 3 and then Black Ops 2 had it. I don't remember you playing a lot of Black Ops 2. I didn't like Black Ops 2 that much. Yeah, Yeah, you didn't know that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if there was anyone that owned. It was Black Ops One. It was awesome, dude. What was some of the? What was the firing range? Nuketown, nu- I, the original Nuketown, oh, dude. Oh, you get me excited if you mention fucking. Uh, oh, Nuketown One. You're <laughs> so right. They put it in every fucking game after. A dynasty in... was built upon Nuketown appearing in every Call of Duty yeah. imaginable. It was You're pretty right. wild. <laughs> God damn it! Mm-hmm. 
Does it anyone have Nuketown? Does Modern Warfare? I again? think they started like introducing it to the other ones too. All right, they best. Yeah, a motherfucker best because that is. That is like the map, dude. <laughs> really though, if you want to get map. in for like quick like team deathmatch or like solo games, like so this is what it is. This is what our, our game of the, games of the decade yeah. list. There's many games we're missing, many games that we loved mm. from this yeah. list, but we're talking about the ones that make us like fucking hype. These are hype. <laughs> like so far, we have two games that have made us really fucking hype. All right, but we gotta go. Like we gotta go. Like part, number three on here. What number is number three? three? Batman Arkham oh City. Oh my god. Twenty eleven. Oh now god. Batman Arkham Asylum was a revelation yeah. unto itself. But Amazing. Arkham City. Arkham City is the one that well, makes people punch their zippers. It is Asylum on steroids. Exactly. Because, like, like, okay, Arkham Asylum was a great game. The first one that, you know, a lot of us had played. Um, a very cl- reeled-in, closed-circuited open world. But this one is actually an open world game, like, in a crazy way, where you get to traverse it and hook shot across buildings and, like, really feel like Batman. Yo, if <laughs> Arkham Asylum was great... This one nails yeah. being the Batman experience. On the really IGN is. 10 point scale, it's a perfect 10. It's a perfect 10. It's a masterpiece. It's a perfect 10. Even on the uh, 10 or 100 scale. <laughs> 10. 10 dog. There's, yeah. no, there's no disagree there. Yeah, the combat is so fluid. The oh story God. hits a little harder, yeah. if you remember. I mean, Doctor, I think they had a Doc Savage or mm-hmm. whatever his name is. No, it's not Doc Savage. Hugo Strange. Hugo Strange. God damn it. And then I, Raza Ghoul was actually one of the ones. Raish. Raisha Ghoul. I'm so sorry. I'm embarrassing you all over the place. <laughs> Rachel Ghoul, sir. I, I actually think I like the the more reeled in feel of the Rogues Gallery from one, but I'm not mad what two did with it. I really like what two did, and yeah. I, I like that they tried to like give kind of a resolution to the Joker arc. Oh yeah. That Played brilliantly by Mark Hamill. Exactly. Oh my God. Exactly. And then uh, Kevin Conroy is the Batman, mm-hmm. as always. So yeah, it's a fucking fantastic game. And actually, no, I'm sorry. Did Troy Baker play the Joker in Batman: Arkham Origins? Yes, but uh, okay. Mark Hamill plays him in the proper. Okay, that's proper what I rock steady. I had to check myself. For a titles, second. my friend, because <laughs> okay. they are prestigious. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. And also, like, shout out to like the Arkham games informing third person action games. Mm-hmm for 10 years afterwards. Yeah, like there's so many games we wouldn't have without that mold. Such as? You can even say some Assassin's Creed games, really. And? Spider-Man, most recently. Bingo, bango. Spider-Man. Unfortunately, Spider-Man is not on this list for us. But it's because we Put thought back. we could. Well, yeah, bring it, sling it back to Put us. It back. But like we we could roll it into this talk because it has legacy based off of this game, and we it wouldn't be as great to be Spider Man in that world if Batman didn't it, do it first. It should be on this list. Yeah, it should still be on this yeah. list. I would kick off like Horizon any, probably. Yeah, I would kick off Horizon a little like okay. for for Marvel's Spider Man. But like That's I think fair. I just think it's like it's a sensational, spectacular. Oh, yeah fucking ride but yeah, yeah yeah but we wouldn't have it we wouldn't have things like tomb raider without this batman it's true. Game. It's true. so respect to the batman how many hours did you spend doing the stupid fucking... trophies? yeah those ones Fire. or like the fight arenas oh the... or the tactical thing silent takedown yep, was silent the takedowns. worst trying to get the three fucking bat marks across I was, it i never platinum that game i got so I got, close i did too only because of those challenge rooms oh my god constantly fuck me the DLC was pretty dope too. You played as like Catwoman, I think, and you played as Robin. Yeah, all these okay, other so characters. That one was so awesome, yeah, because you could play as the other characters. Oh god, I want to play it right now. I really do. I, want to I think I have it. Do you have it on PS4? No, maybe I don't actually own I'm, that. I want to get the remaster. Yeah. I haven't played Night. Unfortunately, I do own it. Oh, you do own that. Um, it's 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 good. Yeah, it, it's more it of the same. Have the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it does the Uncharted two and three thing. Okay, that's it. 
That's it. Man, that game's awesome. Number four, please speak to it, my friend. Please. Number four, because I'm the only one that can speak to this, yes. is uh, Dead Space 2. What do you mean? I played it. Because you almost didn't want it on here, is what I mean. Well, I gave you, uh, I gave you a logic choice. That's true. I gave you Call of Duty, you gave me this. Sure. So yeah. I think Dead Space as a franchise is one of the greatest modern horror franchises. Granted, you know, I, you make this argument, you know, Resident Evil 2 kind of shuffled in to the modern era and now is doing it better than anybody. But when they were... Shuffled wh- in? Yeah. I'm sorry, they were the king. They were. But five and six, not as good as their, their formers. They you know? never lost the crown. <laughs> That's true. That's why we have a cap, a Capcom captain. Okay. Yeah. But Dead Space 1, people could argue, is probably the better game. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love that reeled-in survival horror feel. The setting of the Ishimura is fucking... It stayed with me to this day. I feel like Isaac Clark, like, just traumatized by it. Yeah. Um, people could make that argument about Part 1, but uh, objectively, Part 2 is a better game. Part 2, mechanically, is a better game. The setting... You go through a different Alien area. Aliens. It's That's like, what it is. You're <laughs> it's alien alien but yeah. you're um alien aliens yeah that, that evolution between the movies obviously because it's more action paced but you're on i think one of the moons of like titan or sorry titan is a moon you're on titan um and you're involved with this fucking um, religious cult the unitologist the unitologist and it's it's bigger it's weirder but with that the necromorphs come at you harder the bosses are bigger you have this one reoccurring like boss that kind of chases you um not not like um nemesis nemesis or retirement but like you have big fights with it rather yeah yeah it's um, like set piece set piece vices vices yeah. <laughs> i'm losing words at the end of this podcast yeah. Daniel. um what is your favorite addition to the game i believe you told uh, me. oh yeah you're like why is two better than one and i'm like because two allows you to use a kinesis module yep which allows you to use a telekinetic ability where you can rip off the limbs of the necromorphs and attack them with them yes so like you know the most zombie games right shoot for the head the tentative dead spaces cut their limbs off shoot for the limbs you see it all covered in blood on the walls that's what they tell you to do in your lieu of conserving ammo you're like okay well i have so many bullets in my what was the tool i forget the plasma cutter the plasma cutter thank you good assist there um you're like i have to save these cartridges so i guess in the meantime i could rip off this fucking horny limb and toss it at a dude and kill him it was dope it was it was it really revolutionized the combat, especially yeah. like on those uh, harder runs, because I did hard to the core, where you really didn't have any ammo. And much like that Resident Evil 3 really, really hard shit, you only had three saves. So like you really had to be strategic with everything. Yeah, dope game. You go back to the Ishimura, and it feels even scarier than the first time. Spoilers. Yeah. Oop, sorry. When this uh, come out? Oh, yeah, 2011. 2011. And I think the flying probably felt better in that game. Because like, that's you yeah. have zero G like combat. That's really dope. Uh, yeah, it played with the idea that you're in space yeah, a bit more. A lot. Mm-hmm. Instead of just like playing basketball like you did in the first one. <laughs> I mean, that was rad. Yeah, no, it was pretty cool. It was rad. But I'll Dead Space 2, amazing. Dead Space 3 maybe went into a direction that people didn't care for. I thought it was still good. Um, it's yeah. a little goofy what you're doing at the end of it. Spoilers, you shoot the moon. Um, <laughs> you kill the moon. You kill the, the end moon. Of the game. It's weird. They didn't but, know what to do. Um, They're like, what's a space boss? Moons. Hey, EA, if you're listening, you're probably not. Please remaster Dead Space 1, 2, and 3. Give it to us. Give it to us. That's all we ask for. Give me this next one. Number five on here is Mortal Kombat 2011, the reboot of Mortal Kombat, which was actually a combo game because it had all of the characters from MK1, 2, and 3 Mm. in one uh, congealed story. It 
Now, it's on this list because it's not just another fighter. Not only is it a successful reboot, reconfiguring that both harkens back to the 2D games while introducing something new to it, mm-hmm. it also set the fucking standard for fighting games for the next nine years. I am not kidding yeah. about that. I mean, especially within their own wheelhouse of like um, Injustice and all the Mortal Kombat games. Well, not even, yeah, exactly. But for other studios, mm-hmm. had to step their game up and begin saying the fight is not enough. Yeah. We have to have cosmetics, yep. unlockables. We have to have replayability mm-hmm. because we realize there's also this, this uh, subsection of people that aren't competitive fighters. They don't go online and get their ass fucking whomped. They sometimes casually engage with it or play with their friends. Mm-hmm. So giving uh, these players like these single player experiences, such as having a really in-depth story mode, mm-hmm. surprisingly, because NetherRealm set the standard for that. Yeah. Of having these like story modes and Capcom has tried to replicate it to Oh, it was so bad oh, in Street Fighter five, oh, was it? Not not to good four. success. I'm sorry. Uh, five had a really bad one, and then I'm okay. I'm thinking of most recently Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite oh. had a really whack yeah. goddamn story, but you know MK did it better, man. It's true. Set the goddamn standard. Um, we both have these. I can't see them up on my bookshelf, but we have these uh, Mortal Kombat bookends that came out with the game, the went, special edition. Yep, with uh, Scorpion and Sub Zero. I think I went to the midnight for this game. Uh, we yeah. played it voraciously. I think it was oh like my God. one of the only fighting games that I could beat you at because like we had both reached such a skill level with it. We were um, titans. We were. We were. That was a game that I really wanted to platinum. Uh, Me too. We got, got so close. The combat tower of like 300 different things you could do. The graveyard or the crypt. I'm sorry. Um, and just all the different modes. It was just, yeah, infinite replay. Oh, so good. And it was such a smart expansion. And the combo system works so yeah. well that it has remained basically intact for three releases they, what, what 10 I, and 11 i forget what that mechanic is called x-ray attacks yeah the X-ray that attacks. was such a cool addition they were like they upped the brutality so much oh. while there is a, a a deeper degree of realism it still is cartoony to a yeah. way like it, it is exaggerated because they're not trying to gross you out but some of them like teeter on the edge because mm. that game looked great when it came out oh yeah and like seeing eyeballs fly out with the fucking ropes of flesh <laughs> behind them and stuff it was it's grotesque it, it is hideous mk11 is hideous by the way <laughs> with the graphics it's yeah. like oh my god i'm seeing a fucking glistening tongue in half this is insane i give mad respect to mortal Kombat. i give mad respect to what netherrealm has done to mm-hmm. basically forge a new destiny in the modern era mm-hmm. rather than just going like i don't know what to do let's replicate tekken and soul caliber like back in the two vs2 era no they've evolved the roster though like holy shit dude as somebody who hadn't really played right the the cyborgs the ninjas oh Oh, my god and then new additions like cyber sub-zero that was pretty dope which is dope because it's like this other world story where time gets fucked up what a clever way to reboot a franchise that has been around for like 20 years introduce like a time mechanic yeah just be like hey just undo it all Mm. (laughs) and they've actually kept with that theme with the trilogy that's come out afterward Mm. of like time is fucked yeah and it's all going to come back on you and it's it's a neat way to keep like the nostalgia of the series while still forging a future for themselves because they've had a part like part 10 has a generational story between like the main characters and their children yeah it's awesome yeah it had kratos too you're kratos can't forget kratos I can't forget. It also had Captain Crunch. (laughs) (laughs) He was was fucking, basically he would pour a whole box of cereal in somebody's mouth and it would cut the roof of their mouth (laughs) up until they died. (laughs) That was crazy. What's the next one on here? 
Number six is Telltale's The Walking Dead. Came out in 2012. What an informative fucking game. Bringing adventure games arguably into the mainstream spotlight. So good. Pour one out for Telltale. Pour one out for Telltale. If, if this game is... Well, the any... corpse is still around, remember? We're oh. getting uh, Wolf Among Us Part 2. Yeah, we are. From a company that's not Telltale calling themselves Telltale. Just so you guys know. It's not a new show, but we want you to know. I mean, for me, that's kind of like, um, you know, going on a date and realizing the guy across from you is wearing a fucking skin mask. <laughs> <laughs> I took you for a loop yeah. there. <laughs> if this game's any indication of the impact it's had on me... I have a cat named Clementine. This game super, super resonated with me, um, not only because I was a huge uh, Walking Dead fan. Um, I love the comics. Um, the show was kind of whatever. But this was just a cool way to introduce it to the Carl. video game. Carl. Coral. Coral. <laughs> if we were books, Coral, would Norman read us? Coral. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> That's one of the memes. And the podcast. Though. That's one of the memes. Um, but yeah, a story that really stuck with you. Like, you really felt the relationship of Lee Everett and Clementine. And the situations they would get in were scarier than, like, most horror games, really. Like, yeah. getting stuck on a farm of cannibals, you know? The the moment-to-moment stuff of just having to survive zombies. And granted, like, maybe the gameplay wasn't the best for it because it played more of, like, a slow, tanky um, adventure game. Mm-hmm. But, like, through the cutscenes and having to make that split-second, like, quick-time event move. Like, oh, hit X to get out of the way or this person dies. Like, it felt harrowing. Yeah, I, I <laughs> the story was so fantastic in that game. Like, it almost didn't matter mm-hmm. that there wasn't, like, you know more playability to to yeah. like its controls and such like no it was just like this is still hair like you're saying harrowing as fuck mm-hmm. and that moment to moment like i'm gonna lose a character if i make the wrong yeah. choice kind of feeling you always did so cool like you're just like shit like you're faced with literally two hard choices every time in that game yeah there's never like a oh this is obviously the good response mm-hmm. it's always like oh my god i didn't know he would jump into a fucking shredder yeah. like oops yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that, that like, game really felt that way it's the second you build a you know a preference for somebody they're like oh dale's gonna remember that and then you might lose them as a result it was weighty and everything it made you do he doesn't trust you no more. And then, <laughs> yeah. then he makes some stupid choice like, no, I'm not going to listen to you. They get eaten. Yep. And it's like, oh, shit. And it was also interesting in that you basically had to raise Clementine. You did. You had to raise Clem. You had to show her what was right. So it, it put this extra weight to your choices because you're like, what is the most moral thing to do while also surviving in this new world yeah. where people are dying left and right and trust is increasingly becoming a thing that's scarce. So, yeah, it, it was such an interesting mm-hmm. like moral dilemma game that... Well, set up a generation. Other games sure. tried to do it, and we even got some games more successful in different degrees. Like yeah. Life is Strange, for is instance. Strange. I think is a more playable game. Mm-hmm. It's more interesting with its world and its controls. We have a different mechanic, too. You have that um, that time-bending mechanic. The time-bending thing. And I love seeing people like look to Telltale and go, wow, there's mm-hmm. something we can forge here. Fucking adventure games are not just meant for the PC as point-and-clicks mm-hmm. anymore. No, not at all. Like, I love Telltale's set that lineage. Like, they started in a weird place. What, they did, like, Jurassic Park the game. Oh, and it sucked. Sam and Max. Back, and to, Back the to the Future was whatever. So, like, those were not good first impressions, but this kind of just knocked it out of the fucking park. That team of writers and designers that they had in that room, it was just magic. And I don't know that the rest of the games are as good in terms of, like, Walking Dead 2 or Final Frontier. I hear the final one might be pretty good. I hear the final season yeah. brings it all together in a really yeah, yeah, yeah. cool way. But like you said, you see Clementine through that journey and it's just, it's awesome. That was such an important legacy, not only for like other games, but Telltale games themselves. And I wouldn't even say it's my favorite Telltale game, but I think it is the most important. 
Yeah. Because okay, yeah, I agree. Tales from the Borderland is probably my favorite. Same here. Um, Same here. Because it has so much like style and humor and personality too. But this is like we wouldn't have had that without this. So very true. Yeah, very true. Number seven, sir. Diablo three. Three. Oh man, did you like Diablo as a kid? No, no, not at all. Was this your first? Mm, yes, it's my oh, first. Interesting. Okay. I didn't know Diablo as a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I didn't have a PC or nothing. I had a weird like PC gaming background for a little bit, where like I would play a lot of games on my aunt's computer and um i would get some discs from friends i played the original diablo obsessively you played in your aunt's computer weren't your hands too big for the keyboard (laughs) shut the fuck up get out of here get out of here zoolander (laughs) get out of here you joker (laughs) and then two was just like it blew the formula up like the amount of characters you could play as the amount of like things you could do and level and skill across and like fighting across like dungeon after dungeon of enemy just felt so fucking like beastly three it's kind of like it felt like more of the same in a lot of ways for me but it was cool to see it at least on the consoles because we had never gotten one like that before yeah and the console version was a huge improvement over its initial launch which was goes down in history as like a botch launch you just read um blood sweat and pixels yeah from jason stryer kind of detailing like yo it did not Mm -hmm. launch to resounding success yeah um but i i enjoy the shit out of the game and yeah it's my first diablo so obviously some of the gameplay components you know what's funny mm-hmm. i love diablo-esque games and i never played diablo until diablo 3 interesting which is interesting so to go back like to the sort like, of asymmetric moba type dungeon crawler exactly yeah. exactly and to jump into diablo 3 it was just like oh shit this feels really good mm-hmm. no wonder people like get stuck doing it and yeah I, I was doing like multiple playthroughs and trying to get like better and better armor mm-hmm. and, and weapons and shit and i feel like the way that they solve like ui is so clean the way they map it to the controller is like just brilliant brilliant like because yeah like those games play best on like mouse and keyboard but like god the team that they had that mapped that and configured it it just like it felt better than it ever could have go for sure um who'd you main probably the whatever the barbarian yeah i think that was was, there was a barbarian class there was actually when i i I got it for the switch recently oh right not too recently, like maybe a while ago at this point, mm-hmm. but I've been playing as a necromancer class and I've been having a shitload of fun. Oh, with, that one's new. Yeah, that's a new one. And I'm fucking raising the dead and making bodies explode. Yeah. It's rad. Nice. So I actually, oh, you know who I really made? I think it was an additional one. It was like the one who was kind of like an angel. No, it was a Templar. Okay. I think. I, mean, I they had a bunch know. of classes. He was wearing armor and he yeah. had a sword. If that sounds like one of them, then that's yeah. my favorite. I think I played as like the witch doctor and then like the battle monk. Witch doctor was cool. Yeah. I don't know. It was cool. It just, it did feel like more of the same. And I like, it split it across four acts and I just felt like they were kind of short. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I did love it. It just left me wanting more in some areas. Okay. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa. It gives everything for everyone. Everything for every. Okay. <laughs> number eight on here. Number eight. Tell me about number eight, actually. <laughs> Kevin, there's no rest for the wicked in this house, and Borderlands 2 is one of the best uh, schluters ever there created. There we go. I hate he that I said that. said it. God. Um, it was that perfect mix of like RPG and dungeon crawler. So much style. That cell shading really popped. Um, each character felt really unique, and you wanted to really play and level through their skill, tra- skill trees. I lost track of the amount of times I played Borderlands 2, to be you, honest. Like, you played fucking Borderlands 2 for like a year A year straight. Because there was a year that I went back to school for music and I didn't really play video games. And that was the one that I kind of just picked up on and off throughout the year. And then by that time, it had been a year. So I'm like, well, now I can get all the DLC. And I played as Gage, did the Necromancer class, and got Tiny Tina's DLC. And God, I lost so many hours, days, months to that game. Yeah. It's fucking so good. 
way better than three. <laughs> I played a lot of this game. I've played it so much. I played it across three different yeah. consoles. Yeah, you'll never stop playing it. Across two different generations. <laughs> I, you know, somewhere out there, yeah, there's a Kevin that's always playing Borderlands. <laughs> always. <laughs> Trapped. 47 meters <laughs> in a Pitchford cage. <laughs> No, it's it's a great amount of fun because mm-hmm. it actually takes lessons from Diablo kind of yeah. games and throws in like, hey, here's some excellent FPS action. Mm-hmm. Here's some cool, almost, well, yeah, almost open world elements mm-hmm. to it. And here's plenty and plenty of things to shoot. Mm-hmm. And you get this tactile feedback where it feels so good yep. to get new guns that explode and, and people's heads are popping left and right. It's fucking great yeah. fun. It's good. And the thing that's like the emotional gut punch out of nowhere is that Borderlands 2 has a great story. It really does. Like that dynamic of the core cast with this new villain, Handsome Jack, and like the way he oh, fucks with your crew Jack. and tears them apart. Like, whoa. And the way that he like, he, the performance is done, like yeah. so maniacal, mm-hmm. but so joyous yep. in his own fucking... Um, I guess, I guess like his ego trip, basically. He's got a fucking ego for sure. His name's yeah. Handsome Jack. Handsome Jack, right? <laughs> like it's amazing. So goddamn, Damon Clark nailed it with that role. I, I would it. say like one was a good start, but two blew it out of the water. Yes. And like, I, was that the first one that Anthony Birch wrote for? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So much style and like fucking humor just oozing out of every word that he fucking penned. Yeah, of course. So of good. Course. Still good. It, so good to the point where like Borderlands 3 just doesn't feel as good as it. No, it, I mean it makes improvements, but the slide it's just, mechanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it makes mechanical improvements mm-hmm. that are good. It just like the game overall is not as complete and mm-hmm. awesome and interesting and well written. That's it. It's still good. It's just a pale imitation. It's not great. Like we talked about yeah, it in our I, game I, of the year episode. I wouldn't say pale. Mm. I would say it's you know we could use some sun. That's all. Same thing. That's all. <laughs> Next one on here is a very important one to me and probably going to be go down as one of my favorite games of all time. Still, like always. Yeah. I think if I had to pick one for myself, it would either be this or, or Katamari. Or Katamari Damacy. We love Katamari, actually. It's a better sequel. Mm, debatable. Okay. <laughs> debatable. Well, tell me about this one. I, number nine is The Last of Us. I get chills just thinking about it sometimes. Probably one of the greatest Sony exclusives out there. One of the greatest games ever made. Fucking mm. Naughty Dog. Mm. Coming in, doing something that isn't just the kind of campy action adventure of Uncharted mm. and doing something way beyond their Crash yeah. slash Jack and Jack Daxter, Daxter. We had gotten such an interesting catalog of games from them up to this point. I could have never imagined we would have gotten this. And I think that pairing of Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley is just fucking unmatched. Unmatched, unmatched. Where, yeah, man, the, the fucking game developer Rockstar is making yeah. a game with so much gravity. Yeah. You remember the opening, Daniel? Do you oh, remember? Yeah. People fucking it still cry. Makes me cry. People yeah. cry during the opening. It's so good. And once you get past that part, you really know it's like I'm in for something else. Yeah. The first time you get there, you're like, wow. I was so amazed because it, it's it's novel esque. It's cinematic. Mm-hmm. It's every it's every other thing while still being at its heart pushing a game for yeah i mean at the core what would you call it you call um the road with zombies not, <laughs> not really because they're you know they're infected god that journey fungal infected fungal infected yeah the cordyceps virus oh my god worse than like any normal zombie outbreak i've seen yeah oh, yeah so so grisly and it's pound for pound such an emotional journey every step of the way because you think oh yeah it's never gonna top that um opening moment that opening moment that tore you apart and it always does can i talk about like it always does can you imagine 15 fucking years ago mm-hmm. we were struggling 
with NPC tagalongs like Ashley mm-hmm. from Resident Evil 4 Leon. And going like oh I'm going to put you in a dumpster because that's the safest place that you could be yeah. to th- we have a game where we effectively actually feel something feel mm-hmm. a connection for this little NPC character walking around mm-hmm. and that's Ellie in the game it's just because the writing's so good yeah. the performance is so amazing that it's like that's a person with me not some annoying mm-hmm. asshole and the, the AI is so good that it's like unobtrusive to what you're doing in she the game. is like doing stupid shit in the background sometimes yeah. but she's helping you she'll throw she's you like bottles, dude. stuff yeah yeah she's throwing bottles in the she, bag guys. she's that's, no that's Elizabeth from Bioshock but like well different it's different obviously well. <laughs> but yeah i think the interplay of like getting to see those cinematic beats your with daughter that. dude in that game you you tell me you gotta get a boner for liz she's not like your daughter she is your daughter oh you mean in bioshock infinite in bioshock oh infinite. you're right what you doing man she's so hot though yeah anyway. well, okay but no you're, you're right like to have a meaningful npc felt like unmatched at that point and the way they actually, like, divided the story is, like, brilliant between, like, seasons. Like, I'd never seen a game do that. That was cool. I didn't know, like, I don't think anybody knew that was happening until it happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That there was actually, like, a time progression in yeah. the game. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I, love, I love that they were able to, like, really land that game left and right. And apparently they were nervous that it would even resonate with mm-hmm. people. They were like, we think this might bomb and it's like how like it's one of those moments where it's like yeah i get i get it you're nervous because it's like it's a new thing for your studio Mm -hmm. to kind of like make such a serious kind of departure from like what they're known for but god damn how do you how do you not like talk about being too close to a thing to not see that like oh shit this is gonna be fire (laughs) that that game is fire i'm sure everybody in that room at sony was like we got something here oh yeah there's no way they could have like thought let's cancel this and i think the second one's gonna even be fucking even more impactful somehow sure. daniel we're somehow less than halfway through i know it's crazy our list we got are game busters we man. gotta go we gotta go number 10 tell me about it. number 10 somebody would look at us and think we're crazy yeah but i really am a fond of where this franchise started maybe not so much where it ended up but um the tomb raider reboot from 2013 is one of the best third person action adventure closed circuited open world games i've ever played i think it plays better than uncharted that's I'm a mighty meatball right that came out of you buddy so fucking good as somebody who grew up really liking the tomb raider games i couldn't have imagined a game like this in the, the modern era what a very cool reimagining yeah of the mythos right like and and going back resetting it saying like this is how lara becomes the tomb raider essentially and it, it's it's such a good game in that it, it again we said it before it wouldn't exist without batman mm-hmm. batman arkham it uses i love seeing this mold of the game it's a closed circuited open world but there's such a cool interesting flow mm-hmm. to like all of it yeah that it just it feels good and the combat's so fucking good in that game actually mm-hmm. what well, so, some of the shooting is like whatever but like they're like the arrow combat's mm-hmm. good and like crafting and is really awesome crafting is interesting but really it's the platforming that really stands out i think like traversing the world because you get like kind of rpg um skill tree upgrades where you can upgrade your climbing tool and like things that help you traverse the world and you're like shit like i don't feel like i'm just stuck on the ground anymore yeah. you know it's it's really fucking cool and the tombs the tombs are tombs so good. cool holy shit i think two does tombs maybe just a hair better yes it does but because they because people are like there needs to be more like yeah. in the first one it was really special to be like what the fuck is this mm-hmm. it's off the beaten path mm-hmm. which is again discovery is the name of the game for tomb raider yeah. so awesome that they got that because mm-hmm. there were games previously that were just like well this yeah. is tomb raider yeah. this is like trying to be like hitman or something what the fuck it gets is this? a little out there it gets a little out there this one brings it back to like no man explore discover mm. find items some of it gets a little collectathony, but it's 
I feel like especially later on with like two and three the best balance was part one yeah the best balance of everything was part one Mm -hmm. okay so playing as that crew like so here's the thing about me right i love the way tomb raider plays more than uncharted but it doesn't have that naughty dog polish of storytelling the story for one is pretty good but it doesn't keep going with that same momentum for like two and what shadow of the tomb raider oh definitely not for (laughs) so yeah yeah but i i think they they're just like a step below naughty dog in that capacity but still like a great reinvention of laura lara in that world lara croft Number 11 on here is one that I, again, I, mm. I've said it before for another Sony exclusive. I'll say it again. This is going to be one of my favorite games of all time. Mm. It is Bloodborne from 2015 from Software, making a Sony exclusive that uh, is like Lovecraftian mm-hmm. to a degree. It goes away from medieval. It's very Victorian era set and is one of the most beautiful games I've played for being as dark and grim and bleak as it is. You have an interesting story with Bloodborne too, to where like you played it initially and you did not like it. I or... did not jive with it. It what was happened? I could not really get very far. Hmm. Is the long and short of it. Couldn't get far. I hadn't really played Dark Souls before then, okay. and I was like, I'm interested in this game. It seems like on paper it sounds good, mm-hmm. and I hear it's a little more aggressive yeah. than Dark Souls rather than defensive. And I got my ass handed to me and I was playing for like two hours and I was like, um, didn't get anywhere. This sucks. Turned it off. Mm -hmm. Fucking went back to the GameStop and was like, I want to trade this in. Yeah, you literally traded it in. That was a mistake. There was a thing that happened though somewhere before us picking it back up. We got into Dark Souls 3. Yep. And we hit that clicking point with like what is considered the Soulsborne genre. And we're like, oh, now we kind of really like this. I, I think I bought it on sale when I was still working at GameStop, but I didn't play it for another two years after it was it was last summer when we not last summer the summer before last actually when we dubbed ourselves Blood Boys and you were playing ah, it yes. you're like I'm gonna beat it and then I'm gonna get the platinum and I'm gonna like, get the plat I was like oh I want to play Bloodborne and like we just all summer played that game nonstop and <laughs> abused our mind and bodies over this game God the chalice. <laughs> Dungeons, the Chalice Dungeons, dude. oh my god. Oh my god, but Bloodborne works for me because mm. the combat is immaculate. Yeah. It's some of the best. In fact, whenever I pick up like a Soulsborne game, mm-hmm. Bloodborne's my standard for whether or not I'll like sure. it, essentially. But I'm glad that there's, you know, variances like Sekiro, mm-hmm. obviously. Awesome. Awesome with what mm-hmm. it does. Very different than Bloodborne. Yeah. But what works for me in this game is that it doesn't just like spoon feed you everything about its world. It's mm-hmm. very much follows in line with Dark Souls's um, environmental storytelling, but it poses way more interesting questions and weird background stuff. And yeah. it made me get like obsessive about like looking up the lore online <laughs> and watching Vadi Vidya fucking oh, he was so, YouTube videos. So crazy detailed with every video and everything he would talk about. And then it gives you like this bigger and bigger appreciation. And you're just like, this is a video game, but it's like, it's a piece of fucking art mm. that you can play it and take away something new almost every time. If you just like think like, what is this building about? Mm-hmm. Who is this character? There's a story for everything. Exactly. It's kind of wild. There's a deep lore for everything. <laughs> Fucking Irfan, friend of the show, had mm-hmm. to remind me that Lady Maria is not even in the base game. No, she's part of the Old Hunters oh DLC. Oh my god. Yeah. What? Is... And, t- and talk about that. Like, the, the DLC was probably, that's probably one of the best DLC expansions Killer. I've ever played. Holy shit. Each boss, Killer. like, is just so standout. 
And the Lady Maria fight is like one of the best fights in the game. Choice. Yeah. Choice fight. I, that, Legendary. Orphan of Cause is pretty good too. But... I, I like it actually. Yeah. I like it. And I what I really like is I beat him in like two attempts. Mm, that one <laughs> took me a while. Great. It was a hard one. Yeah. It was a hard one. But it was but a fucking amazing game. Bloodborne is like, you're right. It's a fucking, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A masterpiece. What's the guy? Who does the things? Yeah, so it's like a Lovecraftian fever dream, and you never know what realm you're in. You never know if you're awake, if you're in the nightmare, and it just plays with your mind so much, and it's it's a nightmare. Like, oh it my is, god, it you, is a nightmare worth returning to. Hmm. It's a, a recurring nightmare you want, and that's gonna happen every time you play it. Yeah. Too bad uh, Lovecraft is such a like a term that's stuck for as big of a racist yeah. as he was, huh? Like a really big racist. It's funny that like his influence is almost better than his actual source. I know. We need like another word for mm. his brand of horror. Just call it like cosmic horror, right? Yeah. That that could be it. Cosmic, cosmic horror. horror. Fuck you, Lovecraft, you dead bitch. Actually, like I didn't think it would play with the cosmic horror nearly as much as it did. It does. And then you get to those bosses where you're like, oh, what what are they considered? Uh, uh celestials. Celestials. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically. There's oh my God. aliens in the game at a certain point. They influence actually the veil too, like the um the watchers on the buildings. Oh my god. Is the whole game a dream, Daniel? Who knows? Who knows? Depending on the ending. <laughs> sure. Bloodborne. Amazing. Play it. Amazing. Masterpiece. Number twelve. Doom. Twenty sixteen. Tell me a little bit about Doom. <laughs> what what can I say about Doom that uh you probably don't already know? It's fast paced. It's got some of the best gunplay. It's a game. It's it's a game. Um, it's by id software uh bethesda gameworks kind of published but god it is an adrenaline rush from start to finish when the moment you wake up on that fucking colony to the weight to the, the the very end when you're blasting your way through hell like it does not stop it is unrelenting and it feels good every step of the way it's true like the platforming for as much of it they make you do is kind of like eh, whatever it's not as tight as it could be but that's not what it's about it's about fast-paced gunplay and just tearing apart demons yeah like, that's it boils down the series to its essentials because mm-hmm. you remember doom 3 went off the rails of being like a survival horror yeah and some people dug on it a lot of people didn't think it really mirrored what doom was but this i like its inclusion on the list because it is a type of game that we saw like recently in the last few generations which is let us go back retool a franchise to its bare bones basics mm-hmm. and build something new from that Mortal yeah. Kombat did it fucking doom did it resident evil did it all of them did it and fucking did great things to make sure that mm-hmm. this the legacy of these franchises just doesn't die in yesteryear. Mm-hmm. It no longer becomes a time and place thing. It goes, no, this can always work because what do I always say? <laughs> good game is always good. Wow. <laughs> I'll never forget it now. <laughs> I was shocked it was as good as it was because it, um, it came out and there wasn't a lot of hype for it, a lot of promotion for it. But I was like, really? You think so? Yeah. I feel like it was well hyped but i i mean i was at the um quake con uh, where they fair. revealed like gameplay footage of it so i've oh, always yeah. like hi- the hype has been around for that, me that's fair yeah um, it blew me away the first time i saw it when you, when you could fucking like do the variable kills on the demons yep. i was like contextual melee that's what i'm amazing. talking about like ripping apart demons Holy like shit whoa so cool for a game like that um and i'm not even mad about the multiplayer like i think the multiplayer is i thought good. it was okay i yeah. thought it was fine yeah. i had fun with it <laughs> I can't vouch for it too much. Yeah. It obviously didn't become the thing that I know mm. Bethesda and Id were hoping it might have been, especially yeah. for a competitive scene, but it was fine. Yeah. You get a shot. power up where you become a demon. That's pretty rad. Yeah. And apparently they're expanding that with Doom Eternal, which is mm. coming out uh, this year. 
I would say better though than the multiplayer. They did an arcade mode where it's basically like zombie rush. I never played that. Rush, sorry, demon rush. I never played that actually. Mm. It was good. Yeah, should have. Yeah, I didn't so, do like the score attack mode or anything like that. Mm, sorry, that's okay. But that's Doom, man. Doom, especially for a game that I kind of like dawdled with a little bit, where it took me so long to beat. You're like, do you like Doom? And I'm like, I really do. Like the music's so fucking good too. Heavy metal the entire time. It really is. Oh my god. Sounds like you're in hell. <laughs> What's the next one on here? The next one on here is number 13. It is, and this took some deliberation. It is no, Uncharted. It. it took some deliberation. No, Uncharted 4. <laughs> Uncharted 4. Some could give it to 2. Some would give it to 2. You had 2 and 4 on the list, and they were both right answers. There's no, like, 1 would have been a wrong answer. 3. But 2. 2's two, yeah. amazing. Like, that first train sequence, everything you do after fucking phenomenal that's a wild ride for sure but for sure. four is just this beautiful bow on the entire package of nathan drake's journey that like if you were there from the beginning it is the ultimate payoff it truly is and even if you weren't it's still a really emotionally wrought story it's almost like it is so it's like the first game they worked on after the last of us mm-hmm. And you could really tell some of that maturity that they cut their teeth off uh, on in The Last of Us Mm -hmm. carries over to Uncharted. Because I think they looked at it and was like, what is a compelling story to Mm -hmm. tell about this? Do we just do another swashbuckling adventure or do we try to make a point? And I love that they attempted to really land that. And I think they did. They do. It's a fucking great uh, game. Undoubtedly. I would have loved to have seen... Did IGN give it a 10? I don't know. Maybe probably a 9.75. I'm going to look it up. It would have been interesting to see what Amy Hennig's vision would have been of that game if she stayed along for it. Mm -hmm. Um, But even still, like, to see Bruce and and, um, Neil take it in this direction, it's like, damn, you were writing some really, really deep writing here. I don't know that I completely buy the inclusion of Nathan's brother, but... Played by Troy Baker. He was cool that he was in there, at least, like, because they really build this interesting reveal with him at some point and i'm like damn okay you pulled your punches there naughty dog i didn't think you'd do it but you fucking did it yeah it's true Um, it's true a little too open worldy is the only issue i wanted them to reel it in loses the focus yeah exactly because those games are like linear adventure games and you do some exploration for like um what are they like artifacts and treasures yeah but like they don't you're driving your jeep around they don't mean anything though like, no. I collect a pot, and I'm like, that's cool. I have a pot. It's pot 100 of, of 152, you know? Fair criticism. Yeah. I like that it's the most realistic rope physics in gaming ever. That's true. That's fantastic. The rope mechanic is pretty, pretty good. Pretty, and pretty fucking good. It ends in a sword fight. Sir, hmm. number 14, what is it? Number 14 is... <sighs> if there's one thing people know about me, what it's that I love you? Overwatch. Oh, I, I didn't know Overwatch. that. I didn't know that. You, you can't think... Look around. Overwatch stuff everywhere. I'm not a multiplayer guy, but this game hit for me in a way that no other multiplayer game had hit. I'm sorry. Black Ops, you're great. Nuketown, it'll always live with me. But Overwatch, I played that game nonstop for fucking two years straight. Like, it, well, you couldn't get me off that game. I know, yeah. actually. I remember. <laughs> like, hey, what's Daniel playing? Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. How's he doing? In there? No, let me see. He's playing comp season two. He's, he hasn't left his room in 10 hours. He's fucking, he's dropping these, um, what do you call them? The diva explosions? Oh, the self-destruct bombs. The self-destructs oh, left and God. right. Like, it's like his, he was born for it. There, there was just something about that team-based shooter mold that they had like perfected with this game that really just resonated with me i thought the cast of characters that original 21 was so vibrant each one had so much personality and it was a treat to play as each different one because you feel like you were serving the team every time you chose somebody yeah like the the sense of team team comp comp is like was so cool 
that was the fucking crux of yeah. Overwatch. It's why it works so well. And then the art design too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I always talk about the environment. You like beautifully rendered but you also like there's not too much busy information on the screen you the ui the overlay the kind of like little visual cues give you everything you need to know right in front of you mm-hmm. in order to be successful and like encourage the team comp it's such a it is i, I think i called it back in 2016 it's the game designer's game wow yeah yeah you've stuck with that one I and, I, and I, I believe that what do I always say? It's a game designer's <laughs> game. <Anyway. laughs> yeah, it's an amazing game. I, I got to give it so much credit, especially I would say it's like probably one of the shooters of the generation. I would say it's probably one of the most influential ones, too, with yeah. all it did for like esports and getting like women rolled into competitive gaming and the stuff it did for like getting scholarships for gaming. Like that was such a cool thing for them to try and do with like the Blizzard esports scene for, for Overwatch and Overwatch League, too, has been such a fucking phenomenon. Right. And being the most um, search term on Pornhub. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know it's a fucking everlasting game. You know, I, I I'm interested to see what the future is with Overwatch 2 because a lot of people are just like, this looks unnecessary, yeah. honestly. And we'll we'll see what that is. But mm-hmm. Overwatch by itself, it's like such an amazing thing, especially to watch this game evolve oh, yeah. so much with its additional characters yep. and maps over time. It's a very different game now re- than it was three years ago. Yeah, and then retool characters entirely. It's mm. such an interesting thing to see yeah. like a game evolve over time because the base is so solid. Mm. You can continue building on it and be fine. That's true. As like I don't play a lot of games as service games, but this is my game as service game. So I've seen this go through every iteration. It's fucking awesome. But now I'm like, I kind of fell off for like a lot of reasons. Like roll queue is cool, but I don't always want to deal with it. Um, and I don't love that there's fucking 50,000 characters now. Cause like a game never feels balanced. It's a lesson, bro. Yeah. <sighs> Nothing good lasts forever. It's true. Honeymoon stage is over. We're past the origins edition. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's real good. Um, the next one on here. Okay, this could have been like one of like five different games. It really could have. It could have been Red Dead. Yeah. It could have been anything. But been. We gave it to this one because we're us that's really it we can't talk about our favorite games without talking about the boys the boys and what we're talking about is final fantasy 15 oh stand by me kevin stand by me okay tell me why do we like this game so much when you don't even consider it the best final fantasy i don't think anybody would consider it the best final fantasy i don't either but i still really love this game i think it's just it was a perfect blending of action rpg and traditional rpg stuff that um square enix has typically done with final fantasy i don't know the world was kind of weird but i love being in it like me too i like the world they established this like this it was traditionally final fantasy realism with like almost like a subtle fantasy element which i think fans hated but i love how it's just like no i really like this mix because there aren't mages it's literally like you're royalty you're part of this fucking royal crew you know what it is Mm. it's like a live action adaptation of a final fantasy game Ah, that's what they would do just like uh let's let's do some of this fairy shit here and there but really (laughs) like it'll have summons keep the camera on these beautiful (laughs) gq boys as they drive through the levels i mean that's what it was about though like yeah Final Fantasy is often about its story and its character interactions, but there was something really beautiful about like that core group of of dudes just being with them. It sounds like the and their and their dude connections, <laughs> like Prompto, Ignis, Gladiolus, <laughs> Noctis, like all of them. They're in interplay, interplay. What they brought to the groups, even like Ignis was a cook. Prompto took photos, <laughs> you know. Gladio would have you up at sunrise to fucking work out and fish and fish. <laughs> it was I don't know. It was such a weird 
experiment for them. And I don't think all of it worked, but I really love the journey that they Definitely took us on. Definitely not all of it worked, <laughs> yeah. but it had so much heart. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It had so much heart that you couldn't help but just go along for its kind of dysfunctional ride. Yeah. And it out of the last 10 years, this game still sticks my memory. Mm-hmm. And we were waiting 10 years for this fucker. We really were. But I don't know, man. I, I, every time I think of Final Fantasy 15, there's no frown on my face. I smile and go, ah, the boys. It was really cool. It had fucking dungeons and then this sort of post game where it's like, oh, I can hunt higher marks and worse enemies and beasts. Yeah. Like it really tested your your fucking your might in a way that felt traditional, obviously. But God, the boys. God, the boys. That's yeah. all. That's all. We That's all I'm saying. Number sixteen. Speak to it, my friend. Number sixteen. What Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight is hollow, right? And I will always say it. That's what I always say. Um, it is the best Metroidvania. I'm sorry. Like, the, the, if this is going to be the conversation about Hollow Knight, that's going to be all I'm going to say. Uh, better than Metroid? Better than Metroid. Better than Vania? Uh, yeah. Better Holy than all that. Holy shit. It borrows from the lineage of the genre <clears throat> in just brilliant ways. It has so much personality. It oozes with style. The world is charming and scary and weird. And playing as that little that little knight going around that that world the little bug boy yeah you're just going through little bug kingdoms with his fucking needle and his needle and you're fighting bug type enemies and bosses and it is just just weirdly gripping like you don't you don't think a game like that could really give you an emotional tug but it does like it's sad it's beautiful yeah like there's a sense of loss in so many parts of the game where i'm like right. this is just a side scroll. the whole game is dripping in melancholy yeah but it's like watching a moving painting in a lot of parts and mm-hmm. paired with its um, just really somber but kind of effective score mm-hmm. throughout the whole game is oh, fucking yeah. amazing. And then like, oh my God. It's Chris God. Larkin did the score. Yeah, it's Chris Larkin. Brilliant. Yeah, and the boss fights are mm-hmm. actually really cool and all and unique, all very different. Kind of stress you in different ways mm-hmm. where you're just like, oh fuck, I got to use this bounce mechanic that I mm-hmm. hardly ever use in order to figure this out. Yeah, it's it's really fucking cool game. Getting through the the level maybe like a little convoluted, but sometimes like every area is just like, well, this is astonishing to look at. I'm fine staring I think at this. It did enough in terms of like giving you benchmarks and things that you can teleport between, and then allowing you to kind of um, mark your map, which is good. I think more Metroidvania should have that ability, especially if you're going to have me go back a bunch. Um, it is one of the best games I've played in the last five years, like hands down. For and sure. like the gameplay is just so solid. Like every ability you get, you feel enhanced in a way that like really serves the world and every new ability you get you're like i wonder where i can use this now i wonder what new thing i could see that i haven't seen before it's fascinating i love it yeah i <laughs> love that game too the, the hollow right number 17 on here and this one is debatable for me I, sure. I think you added on it but you fought for a little bit harder and i'm willing to give it to you mm-hmm. horizon zero dawn here's why i think this game is important you have a studio that came from a franchise like Killzone that had primarily done a certain type of game, and they evolved and did something that like a lot of people probably didn't think they could do. They proved pound for pound that they can make a standout Sony title, an action RPG that has not only brilliant graphics and amazing gameplay, but just a tentpole story. Like When I think of Sony, I think of stories like that. The story of Aloy is just fascinating. That world of of what is that version of Earth and the the mystery and what you find out in the end. I'm just like, wow. Like, that was worth every step of the journey. Yeah. Like, it's, All right. it's brilliant. I'm, I'm hearing out your case now. I really, I love this game. I really do love this game. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking like, oh, out of the last 10 years, do I give it to it? But at the same time, I think to myself, fuck, I, I know that it's like this amalgamation of 
every open world game yeah. and elements from like Assassin's Creed, yep. a little bit of, um, you know, uh, what, Far Cry. Far, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Far Cry, things like that. Sure. But it reels those elements in. Like, you're not doing too much of that. You don't have to go through 15 base camps of enemies or, or things like that. But it does everything right about it. It does. Like, it, everything feels good. The combat is especially excellent. Mm-hmm. Fighting robotic dinosaurs, picking off pieces of them. And destroying them with their own parts. Killing them with a fucking spear is amazing yeah. feeling. It feels so good. And the story is really not half bad. In fact, I <laughs> I actually got, like, a little emotional toward the ending. Yeah. Basically, I was like, oh. Like when you found out like who her mother actually is and all this stuff about like where she came from. It's oh my God. And it doesn't immediately like tell you what the world is, but you start to intuit and be like, Mm -hmm. oh my God. And it's so interesting having the characters. Like immediately. Yeah. It's so interesting having the characters be like, oh, these are the ruins of like the old ones and whatnot. And you're just like, oh shit, that's like Colorado. (laughs) Yeah. When you find out like that it's set in Colorado, you kind of see it. Because, like, you get yeah. these little portends into, or I don't know what to call them, like, portals into, like, the past. Like, these little video logs that show yeah. you, like, this is the Red Rock Amphitheater. And you're like, holy shit. Like, oh, right. man. Like, it's... a big one brought us to this world. And it's, like, so interesting figuring out mm-hmm. how we got there yeah. and how it connects to you. You are a pretty important character, mm-hmm. it turns out. So it's it's really awesome. And it just shows, like, the power of, like, PlayStation going, we believe in a studio. We think they've done great work before. Mm-hmm. Let them go to bat on this project that mm-hmm. they want to do because we think we can support it. And it's worked out for Sony. Yeah. It really has. Honestly, and without that game, we wouldn't have the Decima engine. We wouldn't have what we saw with Death Stranding. It's just, we owe a lot to it. And it's only going to carry, I think, the legacy of Sony forward in really cool ways. Most importantly, Low Roar wouldn't have any money. <laughs> if it weren't for that If it weren't for the Decima engine. Yeah. Just think about that. <laughs> think about it. An engine so good. An Icelandic band that had nothing to do with them. <laughs> it's reeled into a Sony. Is eating skin. good. They're eating a red lobster tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Number 18 on here, my friend, is another game where it's like, damn, Sony, what the fuck, dude? Do you guys just smell gold? <laughs> Boy, I love this game. God of oh. War. Oh. What a fantastic. So it's one of those games where it's like we wouldn't have it without Last of Us. Of course. But like it is unto itself as being such a great experience from mm-hmm. start to finish that fucking hits you in the gut where it needs to, lets you dive deep into the action, gives you that right amount of crunch, and yet updates this character that used to be, ah, oh, rip your head off, yep. to an actual empathetic, stoic being. I never thought I could care about Kratos, and I spent yeah. years with God of War 1, 2, and 3. Like When I think of PS2 and what I waited for on the PS3, I think of the original God of War games. Sure. And the gameplay was just a lot of fun. It was hack and slash, it was platforming, but after a while, that like blood-soaked, I gotta kill all the Greek gods, one-note mindset of Kratos just got old, and I was like, okay, I don't want to play as this character anymore. He kind of sucks. But to put him in a different setting, that more Norse setting, take that down a notch and give him a grounding with Atreus and that story of like, you know, where it starts, they're like basically burning his mother and and they're on this personal journey to just climb this mountain. And it's about the strengthening of that bond between these two characters. And it's moving in ways that I've never seen a God of War game do. Like it never, it blew my mind. (laughs) Never. What, what an interesting way to like retool something completely mm. you know like because like we we're talking about it there's games that retool and bring the series back to its basics mm-hmm. this one was like we need to evolve beyond our basics in order to become yeah. something because you know? like you think of the original god of war games you're like jumping around and flying this game it 
jumping around and flailing rather but this game is super grounded like you don't jump you climb like when you're prompted to climb and a lot of it is just like just hard really rich combat systems like it's kind of like an action rpg there's leveling you have armor that you level you have abilities that you have that you kind of didn't really have in the original games um and the addition of the leviathan axe adds such a dimension to solving puzzles and combat that is just brilliant yeah i agree (laughs) and there's seldom are there mechanics in games that feel better than the fucking leviathan axe calling it back dude oh i can still feel it the way the dual shock just rumbles god damn it Corey balrog making that whole game by yourself it's amazing it's amazing i'm i'm really stoked for the sequel or whatever expansion though they may or may not do down the line for it but like who knows i can dream I still dream of the Ragnarok expansion. That is true. (laughs) That is true. Um, But awesome. Awesome game. Can't talk about it enough. We got two more on here, friend. Sure. This one I'm batting for because, um, like we said, a good game's always good. And Tetris Effect from 2018 is one of the best Tetris games. Nay, the best Tetris game of all time. Well. Move over, Tetris 99. We get it. Battle Royales are in. But Tetris Effect is just this blending of music and visuals. And yeah, like, okay, how do you do Tetris? Like, we've been doing it for years. They did it. They did it in such a cool way. There is a slowdown mechanic. The answer in the was game. world music. World music. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the answer. Um, but just the visuals of playing across different levels, like you play across oceans and deserts, and it tells this really like weirdly emotionally resonating story just through visualizations. Yeah. Um, and God, like just I forget what it's called. There's a mechanic where if you stack like a certain amount of tetraminos, you get a line clear and you get to basically slow down time and clear out more lines so you can basically just get yourself in the best position. Isn't that just called the Tetris effect? That's yeah, that's literally exa- is the Tetris oh my effect. God, that yeah. is Tetris effect. Holy yeah, shit. yeah, yeah, dude. Oh man, I was feeling the Tetris effect when I play that game because it's like if you oh, I was playing with the fucking Sony Golds on my head mm. and just getting lost in that experience. It is insanely good. I, I agree. I actually agree with you. I, yeah. I, I don't think there's a better Tetris. There isn't. And it's one of those games like I I don't stream a lot anymore, but that's one that I love to stream because I'm like, okay, how can I get the better scores? Or how can I break through this campaign, which is actually kind of lengthy. Like you play through like seven different acts with like sometimes like as much as five individual levels within them. And you're like, um, you can play it on normal, beginner, or like expert. And like just trying to triumph like each run just felt like so cool every time i sat down with it like i feel like i, I got better with it every time i was a tetris master uh by oh. by my end of the run with that game yeah. his pupils turn into tetraminos i wanted to platinum it dude yeah oh. you got did you get close or 75 no? there's one i will never get what's that um beat every level on expert like i, I can't Ooh. do it or no you have to get sorry an s rank on every level on every version of, of the game so beginning uh normal expert Fuck that. Yeah, I'm not going to get S rank on it. I am absolutely confident that there's people that can accomplish that out there. But I'm not doing it. I think 0.1 or 2% of the players have that that platinum. Jesus Christ. What a rare one. Yeah, yeah what, a, what a good game, though. What a good game. Didn't it, wasn't it meant for PSVR, though? Like, we never played it in PSVR. That's right. I always forget about that. Yeah, that's mm. a true fact. Apparently, it's trippy as fuck. Yeah, but we don't have that, so we just play it like normies. We just, yeah. And if <laughs> we get PSVR, we're just going to use it for 3D porn. <laughs> or Beat Saber. And Beat Saber. Mm, Different kind of beating. I know. Last one on here. Take it away. Well, number 20 on here is Resident Evil 2, the remake from 2019. I know. No, no, no. You're going to say recency bias. I disagree. (laughs) Now, what can I say about RAT remake that has not been said of other 
achievements mankind has laid out such as penicillin <laughs> yeah. um, the, pyramids. No, the pyramids basically <laughs> the invention of peanut butter things that have demonstrably improved everyone's life <laughs> really though when it comes down to it like what like what are you gonna say like eh, i think the mona lisa's all right no motherfucker you're yeah. gonna fucking appreciate that piece of art it's in a museum damn it it's in a goddamn museum this belongs in a museum <laughs> And what do you know? There was a museum in it. It was a retrofitted mu- yeah. museum that had, you know, stuff some uh, some cops in there. It happens. It happens. It's anyway. true. If you haven't listened to our Game of the Year episode, this was our collective Game of the Year for 2019. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. It is pound for pound. You know, I talk about Dead Space being the best modern uh, survival horror franchise, but this is Capcom proving yet again that they have never left that they are there, they're setting the mold, and there's something to be reckoned with. It was like others were uh, <laughs> keeping the seat warm <laughs> well, yeah, on for the their throne. Return. They're like, we're going to play action for a little bit with, you know, four, yeah. five, and six. Let us do a thing. Let they, us have They're fun. trying to find their identity. Yeah. I, I think I, I love RE5 for, like, what it did for the co-op space and, like, you know, things like that. But, mm-hmm. you, yeah, we lost our way. And actually, this almost kind of went to RE7. It almost did. RE7 was the one that we both love RE7. Mm-hmm. RE7 was the one that said, let's boil this down, much like Doom, back to the basics of mm-hmm. what makes this series work. But then they were like, let's do a new thing, make it first person, right? Mm-hmm. Which know? I which really vibe with really me. Cool. I know not everybody liked it. It was maybe too scary for some people. Or like first person games make people sick sometimes. Yes. Um, but I thought its approach just to reel it all in, set it in that one setting that you kind of get to roam around and expand and, and just grow your, your arsenal within just mm-hmm. felt like God, it was such an adventure. Yeah, it was it was all very like this is a reinvention of, of the series of the classic, yeah. right? And remake does the same thing, by but I feel like it it's the one that gets the heart of Resident Evil yeah. the most, yeah. right? Like don't focus too much on the crazy bits. Like there's a grounding to this. There's corporate espionage. There's there's um greed involved. Mm. There's people just backstabbing each other and the consequences, the collateral damage are the people of Raccoon City, basically. Mm. And that's like, I love that, that Romero hole, mm. right? That we're going back to rather than walking away to the crazy Wesker backflip shit. You know, mm. this this one makes sense more. Um, and Resident Evil 2 is just like, fuck, dude. <laughs> 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 it's just like, fuck, dude. Like a year later, we're, so we're still good. talking about this game. It's so good. Like, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, I, I, I don't have a qualm mm-hmm. with this game at all. The only thing I'm just like, I wish there was five more of them. <laughs> we're getting Remake 3, like right around the corner. Honestly, I wish there was more of a, like, um, I, I don't want to say offline, but just kind of a arcadey mode like mercenaries like they did yeah. the no way out which was really really dope but like i don't know we beat that we beat the shit out of that game in like a week we sure did and like if we weren't speed running it like we were thinking about playing it and i think having a mode more expansive like that would have given us more reason to stay with it long term yeah because like i like the free content that they gave it but it felt kind of just one and done for the most part mm. um they gave you like more raccoon statues to find and that was all fun and good but like i was done with it after i when i revisit the game i don't revisit that i just i'm like ah i want to see claire's a campaign again or i want to see leon i always want to see claire yeah i wanted to see them <laughs> but it's um i don't know it is it is the best resident evil game and it is i would say it is set such a high bar for them going forward like we're gonna get re3 remake and who knows what we're gonna get after that you know uh people think re4 i would like to see him take a crack code veronica i've said it a few I wouldn't times i would be mad about that they'd have to do a lot different with it well let's see what they do with part three they sure. said they're doing a lot different there too so 
We will see. But RE2, near and dear to my heart, mm-hmm. obviously, RE2 is like my favorite game. Yeah, of course. Beforehand, and it's so edifying to have a remake that's better than my favorite game. I, I That's insane, right? It really is like insane. Like, we talk about if they remade Ocarina of Time and it was somehow better. Like, that would be the same thing for me. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, what the f- yeah. How? How? But yeah, I, I gotta give it to the king. Mm-hmm king's back <laughs> the king is back baby now remake dino crisis no remake dino crisis 2 Ooh, there's a thought da, da, da. Well, that was a whopper that was a whopper a lot of games one. did not anticipate it to be a whopper it was a whopper we yeah. had to get through a lot of games and list of 20 we'll do that to you mm-hmm. we should have done 10 now, <laughs> we always fucking <laughs> step on our own foot with that we do but thank you everyone this has been the inaugural episode of the save room plays mm, it's been a treat we really broke the champagne across the boat there we really did it's not the next ones aren't going to be nearly as big the ss i didn't go to school <laughs> that was a good one good bet there <laughs> all right guys well now if you wanted to give us a good old follow you can find us on twitter at save room show and support our show on twitter and what sorry spotify and the rest of them mm-hmm. just do the thing you know where to find us you know where to find if you, you guys are, if you are. guys are at this fucking schism of content you've been with us for the the entire ride at Long this point. Home. You know. You know us. Hopefully, uh, you dug on plays. We'll do more of them. Mm-hmm. And yes, they'll be shorter. But yes, yeah. we'll do more of I them. I think it's because <laughs> we tried to de- like tackle an entire decade. And that's an undertaking. That's an episode so, unto itself. Exactly. This is all learning experience. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> but we thank you guys. We love you all. Um, and we can't wait to give you more stuff in 2020. See you next decade. Boom. <laughs> I hope with the MeUndies sponsorship, we can get you to school. <laughs>